yeah, I guess we can go ahead and get started. Okay. Uh, here with Rivers Langley right now, host the Good from the Woods, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Been on it a few times. Uh, anything else? You know, this is not in any way professional. So this is. <laughs> I like that we do the plugs up top. Oh uh, yeah, it's like you know, because people fast forward to this. Yeah, shit. sure. Twitter and Instagram at Rivers Langley. Uh, if you ever find yourself in uh, Santa Monica, California, on a Friday evening, uh, Unnecessary Evil at the Westside Comedy Theater every Friday. It's a great show. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I don't know. This this will come out after I I think I, after I go back to LA, but I'm doing a show in Nashville tonight. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it up ASAP. Oh, okay. I'll probably put it up tonight. You know, if no. people happen to click on. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, Unnecessary Evil was a funny story when I did that. Um, Al Jackson, who's like one of the funniest fucking people ever, oh God, yeah. dropped in and I had to follow him. Oh, good. And it was like, oh, this is going to be really easy. <laughs> that, that show is fun because I had to, the craziest one I had to follow uh, was Hassan Minaj did the show. The thing that keeps happening with Unnecessary Evil is we have there's people who live on the west side. If you've never been to Los Angeles, on a Friday night, if you live on the east side, getting to the west side of the city is extremely difficult because of traffic. So it's weirdly hard to get people uh, to do drop-ins at our show because we're all the way near the beach. And so we have... It's a nice part of the city. Though. Oh, it's a beautiful... Yeah, I wish, a, like, that's where I wanted to live. I was like, oh, I cannot afford this. Yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful part of the city. And, uh, uh, but you know, it's just hard for people to get out there. So we have our kind of, um, uh, you know, four or five comics that live out there. And if we need a drop in or if somebody drops out, we can call and be like, Hey, do you want to come do a little set? And then people come. Problem is, uh, the people who we have as our little roster of backup, uh, headliner sort of drop in comedians, they all keep getting hired by the fucking daily show, uh, (laughs) which is, you know, so we had for a while there, Hassan Minaj was our go-to guy. That was like 2013. And then he moved to the, uh, to New York to be on the daily show. And then Roy Wood, uh, Birmingham zone, uh, Roy Wood jr. Was our go-to guy for a little bit. And then he got to go to the daily show. So, uh, yeah, that, that keeps happening. Did, uh, Jules, Say that she lived on the west side for a minute. Guys, I know she moved to LA and Who then that? she got the fucking uh, Dulce Sloan. I'm oh, Dulce. Uh, no, uh, Melissa Villasenor was another one uh, who fucking SNL. used to drop in and then she got on SNL. Yeah. That was so. really cool because, like, that, if, if all people I've seen that, like, I would see around LA that deserved that fucking spot. It's her. Yeah. Oh yeah. They overlooked James Adomi and like, what the fuck are you not right on Saturday Night Live for? Yeah. Him and uh, uh, the guy that does Trump. A Tamanac. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's the guy that should be doing Trump. Why do you have Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Like, that's the dude. He's been like tweeting about it recently. Somebody was like, uh, I don't remember what exactly was said. It's something Alec Baldwin said about doing Trump. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm right here. I'll fucking do it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, tr- yeah. Alec Baldwin was like, well, I can't be Trump forever. And then Lauren Michaels was like, we're not having, you know, there's no one else who can do this part. And I'm like, first of all, A, there's a million people. Politics aside, it is one of the easiest impressions to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to do well, but anybody could fucking do that. You know, if the writing like his is and then, perfect. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if the writing is strong enough, the impression doesn't matter because he's already a cartoonish person. So right. it's very easy to do. If you're writing strong, great. If you want to have like a, a beautiful, like, you know, nuanced sort of impression of it, then yeah, Anthony Atamanak is there. But he just, has a <laughs> show where he does it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Have you watched the president show? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, I haven't watched a lot of it, but the 
two or three I watched is just like fucking solid all the way through. Yeah. You have to, like, why don't you hire this guy? Uh, yeah. SNL is just fucking. I, I got into this with, with Rayans where I kind of, I, 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 because, all right, so admittedly. He's always on SNL's side. Oh, for like. sure. Yeah. No, I get it. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Rayans, to his credit, uh, he's our kind of, uh, uh, Interim uh, guest guest host, I suppose, uh, uh, co-host for the f- until uh, our our third man uh, reappears. Uh, <laughs> oh, he disappeared. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. I, I shit, dude. Yeah, Mister Goodnight. Uh, not not Jacob Goodnight, mind you. Uh, to pre to presage what we're about to talk about here, but uh, no, uh, Mister <laughs> Mister Goodnight, the uh, uh, the host, uh, uh, one of the hosts of uh, the Goods from the Woods podcast. He's uh, he's he's on va- he's on vacation. And yeah, I, he posted something on Twitter earlier that was really funny. Like before you got here, up, up, oh, up, did he? Yeah, it was just like you know you're getting old. Uh, when uh, what was it? <laughs> it's like you know you're getting old if uh, you know you're attracted to the old lady on Matlock or something. <laughs> it's just like a thing he would post. Sure, sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know he disappeared. Yeah, he's. I mean, you know, he, you know, he, he's, uh, he's a mystery man. Yeah, he's a mystery man. It's, it's you know, I, I, I. It's one of the few people I hung out with regularly in LA when I lived there and I don't know shit about the guy. Oh yeah, so. yeah, no, that's my favorite. but you know, uh anyway, all I was going to say, I was talking to Joe uh Joe Rains, uh hilarious comedian uh, from Birmingham originally now uh based out of LA. Uh he has watched every episode of Saturday Night yeah. Live probably twice. He knows everything about it. He is like the most detailed like, you know, he that is his his category of of thing that I, you know, I I can't fuck with his knowledge there. Absolutely but not. but uh, as a as a wrestling fan, I watch SNL a little bit with that sort of like meta distance where I'm just like, okay, so you've got this central figure who's kind of a mysterious maniac in yeah. Lauren Michaels and Vince McMahon that are, you know, absolutely the, you know, the master of their domain. And they've, they've uh, financially proven themselves to be everything, every bit, the genius that yes. people say they are like financially, like Vince McMahon runs one of the most successful in- entertainment companies on the planet. Lauren Michaels runs, uh, you know, in, in addition to being the executive producer of SNL and the creator, he also is the executive producer of The Tonight Show, The Late Show. Like, he runs NBC comedy, essentially. So, yes. you know, their kind of impact is undeniable. But, and this is, and, and Joe does not agree with me here, uh, I was like, uh, the you know the long-standing criticism of WWE for the past you know 10 15 years is like they're not making any new stars right. they're relying too much on their history they're relying too much on uh you know their their kind of pre-established properties and not really putting an emphasis on building the next generation yeah so they're you know so their their talent pool is light and right. with SNL instead of you know replace old stars like in WWE it's like oh we're bringing back like Degeneration X is yeah. coming back to wrestle for a truckload of money from the Saudi government. Right. <laughs> Just the fucking, what a horrible time to be alive. Um, it's, but, I can't but, even follow WWE anymore, but that's another. But uh, but with SNL, instead of making a new star, it's like, oh, well, we, we, we'll get Matt Damon to be Brett Kavanaugh. We'll get Alec Baldwin to be Donald Trump. We'll get uh, Melissa McCarthy to be Sean Spicer. Like, they're kind of like going to the well of celebrity which is fine but you're kind of underselling your 
your roster and I know especially for, now like yeah yeah there's yeah. so many people that do comedy and it's like you can pull from so well, much even there's so many people on that on show, that show yeah. you don't have to hire anybody new you've got an us I mean Melissa well, I bet Bennett couldn't do Brett Kavanaugh right I mean. like yeah. just alone I'm sure there's other people too but it's like you, the, the it's endless yeah. who you could fucking use all, all of those impressions that I just mentioned like all the political stuff they're all layups like yeah. you don't need to. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt Damon did a. Uh, you know, uh, it, it it was cool. It was funny. Yeah. But also, I'm just like the impression is that the guy's like a drunk, sweaty, angry baby. Like right. who can't do that? You exactly. Know? Uh, so I don't know. It, it's it's all because they're you know, uh, and I guess it's probably for the same reason uh, that WWE, which is that the you know kind of collective attention span of uh, of your average viewer has kind of gone way down and everybody's after like the cheap you know the, the yeah. cheap pop of like b- being able to have a seven minute youtube video or whatever that goes viral i would i would side with you on that uh i think joe is just too but i also don't know what i'm talking about because i don't watch the show every week and he, he does and, and he I, does I guess, yeah that I, I could see you know i don't want to say he's i don't side with him completely but coming from somebody who uh, I don't follow it like he does. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that was my thing. I I'm, I'm like I you know, I I defer to to a person who is that hardcore about right. it. Cuz it's it's very it'd be very similar to someone who doesn't watch WWE every week being like, you know, why is the Undertaker still around? Exactly. I'm like, well, you know, but like Kevin Owens is there and Seth Rollins is badass every week. Like, it's someone who's not detailed, so I can I can look, you know, take a step back and kind of well, look at myself and that that criticism or whatever. It's in, it, it's a little different because WWE has a lot more. Uh, it's a lot more. Uh, uh, a lot more programming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's just it's very obvious what it's more obvious what they're doing. Sure, you know? sure. But uh, Saturday Night Live, like Joe, uh, definitely. I mean, like me and you, we've watched the show. Like, yeah, and we, I, I would consider myself a fan of it, especially the history of it. I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just a, it's an interesting uh, show. To I'm be a, on as long as it has. Yeah, and, uh, I'm a fan. I'm not a like a deep uh, nerd. You know. Yeah, he's like, like a I'm, purist. He's a uh, purist. You know, it's, yeah, it's insane that he's even found the time to watch all. Oh, this. I know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I can't. they had all of them on uh, Netflix once, and I tried to do that. Oh yeah, I think that's when he did it. Yeah, uh, he actually just started from the beginning. He owns all of the DVDs. Yeah, like he actually just, threw down the money and bought the fucking season he's one, a die season hard two. For yeah, sure. yeah. But um, yeah, I tried with that, and I mean, there's some pretty fucking horrible eras, like Billy Crystal. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's cr- it's crazy seeing like Christopher. I don't want to admit it's an SNL episode, but it is an interesting thing. But like, it's weird seeing like all these people are like these guys are great, but this is fucking awful. Like Christopher Guest, was yeah, used very poorly. On well, uh, sort of to to my point, like that's that's sort of seen as the low era of the show. Is yeah, like Dick Ebersol, the Dick Ebersol era, and particularly that one season where he had all um you know uh celebrities essentially it was billy crystal who was yeah. already famous martin Ma- short martin short michael anthony hall uh robert downey jr like they're all these- that was a really weird one yeah and i think that it- was they were on there with lovitz who was like the only one that remained on the show yeah well i think that was just like the one season and i believe that's the year they hired lovitz and hartman i think it, i think or- it was neelan actually i think neelan was oh was Harry before hartland okay hartman, dennis miller yeah. was on around yeah then. He was so the- they had like the the beginnings of that like kind of early 90s is boom brewing i guess in, yes. in, in 87 or i think it's 87 or 88 that they had yeah, that weird year it's um, around then and uh I, it was fairly it was when CISO was still a thing yeah they had yeah. all that on there and i was like <laughs> i got i got the subscription you know <laughs> you you're the one yeah it's uh yeah it's like a lot of people should not but i mean there's 
<laughs> like three dollars a month for a oh yeah for endless shit I like. You know, now that it's dead, I can probably say this. Uh, I had a friend uh, confidentially disclose to me how much money they were making. Uh, yeah, it was about ten thousand dollars a month. Shit. That's how many people. So if you, I don't know, I can't do math. What's ten? That's 000? not a lot. Ten thousand divided by three. That's, that's insane. How, that's how many, yeah, that's how many people were were watching CISO. That's like a cartoonish like it's, amount of like like the uh, the penguin from BoJack whose company's like tanking. <laughs> like it's like that bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just. Well, I went back and watched him and like Dennis Miller. Uh, used to be funny. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, he was funny, but, like, the thing with Dennis Miller is, like, he always had these caustic references, and he was, like... You're a, like, what? He was, like, a big, you know, like, he, he, he used a lot of uh, $2 words and shit like that, but he was never that, like, he... He wasn't, like, laugh out He wasn't loud. a smart... No, he was funny. He just wasn't, like, smart. Like, yeah. like his jokes were uh, not... Not the most intelligent jokes at their core. He just had a lot of like kind of if uh, I saw a dude references. Doing, yeah. yeah, if I saw a dude doing that at an open mic now, I'd be like, "What is this guy's fucking problem?" Uh, yeah, I've been guilty of a bit of Millerism from time to times where there's For just sure. where there's a reference that I like so much. And I'm like, "Fuck you guys, I'm gonna keep this yeah, in here." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, even the best comment, like Patton Oswalt, even you know, yeah, like, a lot right. of his shit's reference heavy, but um, it's reference heavy. But uh, Patton is uh, is. A writer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like his, he doesn't. Uh, he picks his words very carefully to, yes. to sound as like silly as possible. He's definitely a writer to his core. Have you read any of his books? I have not. No, he's he's very good writer. Yeah. Like uh, I'm doing the uh, uh, um, the audiobook of his uh, wife's book. I'll be gone in the dark right now. Which oh, is interesting! Fucking horrifying. That's like history was made with that too. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane what happened because they they caught that dude. Caught the guy using. 23andMe or Ancestry.com yeah, or some insane. shit. Yeah, Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I figure since, you know, this uh, episode, this is part two of of a uh, ongoing, like, series I'm doing just, I'm pulling movies from my collection. You suggested one that I don't actually own and never will after what? seeing it. What? Why? <laughs> it is... Uh, WWE production, <laughs> so you know it's yeah. good. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a see no evil starring uh, the mayor of Knoxville, <laughs> Kane. <laughs> I will heretofore be referring to him as the mayor of Knoxville. The mayor of Knoxville, Glenn Jacobs. Yeah, uh, yeah. but he billed as Kane in the in the thing. Yeah, he's billed as Kane. This he's, was from 2006 too. I was thinking this was more recent. Than no, that. it's too. Do you, do you remember uh, the promotion for it? I don't. This was around the time I wasn't watching oh, WWE. Oh boy. Oh, it is. Uh, so, if you were uh, like me, I came back to watch. So, I, I started watching wrestling in uh, 1998 when pretty much all of America started watching the wrestling. Fucking, don't give a shit what anybody says. That is, that's, uh, I know it's always with age, you know, whenever you were a kid, but that yeah. is the best era. Yeah. I don't give a fuck I, what anybody says. I started watching, uh, it was originally WCW, uh, and people shit on Kevin Nash, but I'd be lying if I said Kevin Nash wasn't my favorite fucking wrestler. He was great. Because he was like a huge guy. And he I was, have a and Kevin Nash action a- figure yeah. in the room. Dude kicked ass, but I was a big Nash, I was a big Nash guy, uh, always watched WCW, and then uh, started watching, I literally, like, my, my, my love of wrestling kind of tracks almost perfectly with most of the public where I started watching around 1998. I remember the episode of WCW. The first one I watched was the the Nitro on the day after Spring Stampede 98 and Macho Man beat Sting for the belt at the, the night before. And then on Monday, 
fought Hulk Hogan and then Hogan like screwed him and like beat him oh. for the belt. So Macho had the belt for like 24 hours and then Hogan got it. You started it. an interesting time. Yeah, it was weird. Not and, a good time for Macho, man. No, like, no. WCW years for him were very rough. <laughs> but I switched to, because uh, then by that summer, I was doing the thing everybody else was doing where I would watch Nitro and then when I, I got bored, I would switch over to WWE. <laughs> uh, and then I quit watching Nitro the, literally the finger poke of doom was like the time when you know what they always like talk about like the time where everybody stopped watching nitro yes it was literally the last time i watched it and then i remember changing flipping over to nitro one more time in probably early 2000 and seeing jeff jarrett wearing a silver nwo shirt and i was like no yeah i'm not i can't it's like what are they even doing over here anymore is right. like the entire roster is in the nwo at this point yeah so, uh, oh no, this was when they brought it back as the NWO Silver. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, like Hogan wasn't even in it. He was like red and yellow again. And oh, it was that's, like that's Jeff a really... Jarrett. Yeah, it was like bull- bullshit. That was turn of the uh, the century right there. Yeah, that's... 2000. So I stopped I stopped watching uh, right at high school, basically. Took all of high school off. And then uh, 2005, started watching again when I was at uh, University of Montevallo. Me and my buddy Chandler, and this will tell you exactly what year this was, uh, would chat o- over AIM. Yeah. Uh, about Nitro because we were both just like, or about, or about Raw right rather <laughs> <clears throat> and so that's I, an interesting way to talk about the, the previous Nitro and uh, uh, Raw episodes on AIM that, that, yeah. really, that really is telling of like you know mid-aughts it's like oh are you are you exactly 31 years old yeah, yes. yes on the fucking nose uh but uh no uh anyway I said all that to say this started watching back in 2005 2006 when this movie came out uh it, the promotion of it was so fucking stupid uh, because the movie came out and I can tell you the exact date, May 19th, <laughs> because they worked it into an angle where, uh, so at this point, Kane, who, for those listening, if you don't know, Kane debuted in 1997 at uh, Bad Blood, the first ever Hell in a Cell match as The Undertaker's brother who wore a red jumpsuit or red like spandex jumpsuit and a mask and wrestled until I believe 2003 in a mask. He was unmasked by, I think it's Triple H. And then war, if you've ever seen, uh, uh, seen No Evil, that's roughly his appearance in the ring yes. uh, before going back to the mask in, I think, 2000. 12 which he um, should have never took off you know i i almost uh, agree with you except that it makes those uh him and daniel bryan's uh therapy sessions like the, the yeah. so much fucking funnier that that's he, true because he comes in with, with there was one point where he was kane was wearing two masks if you remember he would have the regular mask and then he also wore this giant like welding helmet like yeah. on top of it and so he comes in and uh, it's like two members of slipknot right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he, come, he comes into Dr. Shelby's therapy session where him and Daniel Bryan are getting uh, anger management counseling. And uh, Dr. Shelby, the guy uh, the guy running the group therapy, goes, uh, oh, well, uh, Kane, would you like to uh, take off your mask? And, and Kane takes off the welding helmet to reveal another mask. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. Just a beautiful piece of comedy. Uh, so I, I think that justifies him bringing the mask back, although it does look fucking stupid. But turned out to be very uh, sort of... Um, you know, uh, uh, help him out, I guess, in his political career. Cause now he, he's the mayor of Knoxville, uh, yeah. Tennessee. But every then, time I see him, you know, like, but he's he, still he, wrestling. Yeah. Anytime he I see was that, in Australia like last weekend. Yeah. It's like, it's so weird. Like, cause all I can think about when I see like, you know, campaign ads for images, like that's corporate Kane, corporate, corporate Kane. Yeah. As uh, my co-host Pat Riley says, it looks like somebody's uncle just took their shirt off <laughs> and got it, got in to start fight kicking ass. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, corporate Kane. Uh, yeah, Jim Ross saying corporate Kane is uh, awesome. I do love corporate Kane. I just, oh, I love so corporate Kane. Oh, corporate Kane is hilarious. But uh, anyway, uh, so Kane is wrestling without the mask at this point, and uh, it turns out that, that he's got the release date for uh, for the movie, and it starts off with an interview with I think it's Michael Cole uh, backstage being like. All right, we're here with uh, Kane. Uh, Kane, of course, you've got your uh, brand new movie, See No Evil, in theaters May 19th. And he grabs his neck and he goes, What did you say? And he's like, May 19th. And he's like, Oh my God. And he choke slams him backstage. And it turns out that Kane is triggered by the date, May 19th. So if you guys go to YouTube and just type in Kane, K A N E, May 19th, there's a, a hundred videos of him where somebody will promote the film. And then, he'll, and then he'll and then he'll and then he'll choke slam them <laughs> or he'll get pissed. And what happens is because he used to wrestle under this mask, he's getting tormented by this other uh, version of himself, basically. Like he's in the ring and then like and then a guy dressed as Kane like two thousand six Kane, uh, who wrestles with like no shirt and just like uh tights and no mask is in the ring and then his 1997 full jumpsuit with the red stripes and the whole thing yeah appears at the entrance ramp and he has the worst wig you've ever seen like the the, the i fake need to dig cane. this up and put it on uh the uh the podcast page on facebook oh yeah do, definitely do that uh he's got the worst hair and it, the fake cane. So they're essentially rerunning the fake Undertaker, the Underfaker angle from 95 <laughs> or whatever. But that also was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why they're running back. Of all the angles to run back, you're that picking the, this terrible a fucking, stupid one. It's a shameless plug for this awful movie, mm-hmm. too. So the good part is... Um, uh, the you know he gets the the specter comes into the ring of his former self or whatever and he's like torturing him about May nineteenth May nineteenth wow. and it turns out that May nineteenth is the day that the Undertaker burned down the funeral home and killed Kane's family. So this, so they, the, to their credit, which they never do, they reward, uh, you know, if you've, if you've been watching wrestling forever, they actually pay something off from like 10 years earlier where it was like, oh yeah. And the undertaker started the fire that killed Kane's family and scarred Kane. Honestly, and, that's kind of cool. That, that part I'm, I'm right. But it's also so damn shameless. It just, it really 19, is. It's but, like just a shameless plug for this. <laughs> God awful movie. Yeah. Oh, but the last thing. So, uh, fi- the, the, the dumbest part is when the, the specter of Kane's former self comes to the ring. Yeah. The fucking announcers immediately just shit on it. They're just like, uh, it's like a pale imposter of Kane. I'm like, no, it's supposed to be a ghost, man. Don't, you know, just be like, I don't know what we're seeing yeah, here. Like build it up a little bit. Do something. Jesus, like they just bro. immediately shit on it. And so uh, the guy gets in the ring and to their credit, the person wrestling under the mask, who I'll tell you it is in a minute, uh, fucking nails Kane. Like he's awesome. Like he does the full, the same, like that classic kind of right hand that Kane does. Yeah. He's got all the moves down. He's fucking killing it. And then they have a match uh, at the next pay-per-view, which has zero heat. Nobody gives a fuck at all. And then Kane rips the guy's mask off and throws him outside. And that's the last time you ever see him until he comes back a couple months later as fucking biscuits and gravy. Oh my it's God. Luke Gallows. Oh my that's God. It was fucking Luke Gallows. Festus is the guy that was the guy under the mask and he comes back as Festus. But, of course uh, it's Gallows. Gallows is just really fucking, uh, I don't want to say underrated, but I mean, 
Well, you tell he's good. He's a, an amazing wrestler, and if yeah. you tell him, "Hey, do Kane," he's enough of a fucking mark for the business that he's like, he'll fucking, "Okay, he'll fucking nail it," <laughs> and he, he nails um, it. He um, it's just a shame what happened to him in WWE. He will never be properly utilized there. Like no. he's just an indie dude forever. Like yeah. he's just always gonna be in the indies. I think. Well, I think it, it's you know it's one of those things with with guys like that where you're just like yeah he they're not using him for shit but they're definitely paying him a yeah, ton of money. So. He's got a career out of this. Yeah, that's where people don't understand about that too. Like I've always sided with that a little bit, or I guess sympathize where it's like, man, this guy's just getting fucking wasted. Yeah, like, almost constantly. Anytime they pull anybody from NXT, yeah, yeah, uh, I guarantee they do it to Adam Cole eventually. Like he's gonna be fucking yeah. ruined. Uh, I really, uh, part of me kind of wishes he would have stayed in the Ring of Honor because he was fucking amazing there. Right, right. Um, I too sweeted him actually. <laughs> oh, too, nice. Too sweeted him and the Bucks actually. Hell Nick yeah, Jackson's. That's I just saw them at uh, uh down in Long Beach at the Pyramid. We went oh, to, I we, bet that was we, awesome. Oh, uh, it was great, man. They uh, every Young Bucks match I've seen in person's always been great. If you ever get a chance, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, to go to a Ring of Honor show, get a floor seat and fucking go. I guarantee you'll have a good time. Yeah, uh, it's for everybody. Anybody that likes fun, like you would yeah. like it. But uh, this fucking movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, this th- is that uh, brings us to the the oh and the cast. Uh, he all right. So the the one uh, to their credit, they don't kill the black guy first. Uh, they wait yeah. till he think he's third to last. He plays uh, a big part in it. Too. He's he's a big part. That guy gets choke slammed by Kane, uh, which it, was the best. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Kane double choke slams those two chicks, but then uh, in in on Raw, like he's there. It's like we're here with some of the stars of the movie, and like the girl with the with the cross tattoos who's in the cage is actually Australian. Uh, So she's backstage just like, yeah, you know, working with Kane, like he was a little (laughs) bit, he was a little bit grumpy. Uh, He was hard to work with. And then uh, fucking uh, the guy was like, uh, he was like, "Yeah, but man, we're uh, we're here because uh, we got our new movie coming out May nineteenth, and then uh, Kane just appears from behind him and just grabs him by the neck. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's really I can't should, hate on that one. No, it's great. You should really look up Kane May nineteenth. Oh, we're, uh, we're yeah. I will be posting a lot of these on the page. Yeah, uh, they're they're uh, really fucking hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so that guy, um, yeah, you saw him on Raw, and then you see the girl with the gun." Uh, the one who almost shoots Jacob Goodnight in the head and that the gun uh, doesn't have any bullets left in it. And uh, yeah, so the three of them are backstage at Raw during that during that incident. Well, this uh, film <laughs> was directed by the Saska sisters. Yes. Wait, did they do this one too? I know yeah. they did the second one as well. Is that that's all I know them from? Is this? Uh, I'm not familiar with the name. No, I wasn't either. I, I just saw that they did the the second one. I, I didn't actually bother to look up who did this one. This may come as a surprise to you, but the film received many negative reviews. Six, I think it sits at six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Close eight. Oh, it's eight. It's which eight, is eight. Eight. Yeah, uh, I knew it was single digits. Yeah, it's definitely uh, single digits. Uh, that's based on 59 reviews, which you know. I guess for a WWE movie on Rotten Tomatoes is a pretty good bit. Well, they said on on Raw like the the Raw after so it came out I guess on a Friday the the Raw the next Monday I did a lot of uh, research as far as just watching because God knows this movie wasn't interesting enough to actually t- no, talk I'm, about. I'm surprised it made it to uh, yeah. theaters. I thought it was straight to video. Well, this was this was like kind of the era when they were still really trying to push those movies. 
um, before they got really hot and heavy with using the Miz a bunch. This is when they were really right. trying. Right, those are yeah. This is when they were really trying to push these movies uh, into theaters, and uh, that movie came in a third. Uh, in the box office. That's pretty good. Well, no, but the movies were uh, The Da Vinci Code and uh, shit, I forgot the other one that came out that way, but it was like pretty big-ass movies. Yeah. And they even tried to put it over on Raw and uh, do you remember Trevor Murdoch? No. So he was, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he was a jobber. You know, well, no, they were in a kind of a fun, he was in a fun little tag team with a guy named Lance Cade who has uh, since passed away. Um, but uh, Murdoch and Cade were like, Cade was like kind of a cowboy and Murdoch was kind of a, he looks like a, like a ginger Larry the Cable guy. <laughs> like he had these gigantic red mutton chops, like safety cone orange, fucking crazy. Like his, you know, he had the Becky Lynch hair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he had these huge, uh, and he would wear, the uh, the sleeveless uh, button up like Larry the Cable Guy wears, yeah, and then he'd have the hat, and he's in the ring, and he's just like, uh, he's just like, well, this movie came out, and uh, you know, I think that uh, you know, Kane probably isn't going to be winning an Oscar. It'll probably go to. Tom Hanks, and then the fucking the pyro goes off, the big <laughs> with the explosion, awesome. and Kane just comes down and like tombstones him three times. That's cause amazing because he said that Tom Hanks was a better actor. Uh, Kane, if I'm not mistaken, in this movie has zero lines. Yeah, he doesn't say shit. The he just time. he screams when he falls down the 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 worst set I've ever seen. That that uh the precipice where they oh the, god yeah this movie is like the the uh. Uh, uh, set design is this the worst? It's it, like sl- the people at Sloss Furnace. It's so did. confusing. Um, also, I was wrong. The Sasuke sisters only directed. The they sequel. did the second one. Yeah, the director of this one is Gregory Dark. Oh, it's, oh, it's, is that his Christian name? <laughs> yeah, Gregory Dark. Okay, because uh, this movie is fucking dark. Yeah, uh, man. It um. It's really bad, but uh, <laughs> I kind of there's something like a little bit charming about a movie like this. Because, it's very funny. Like, it's, yeah, it's like they didn't they, they at least it's at least entertaining in that. Right. Because at the beginning, it shows um, all the uh, like it goes to a delinquent center, like a detention center. Yeah. And, like it's about like these uh, juvenile delinquents are like, you know, uh, it it weirdly has the exact same setup as my favorite bad horror movie of all time, which is uh, Killjoy Two: Deliverance from Evil. Oh, so it's the same. It's setup. It's sort of the same setup where, uh, and no one has ever seen this film, but uh, yeah, it's another one. It's like I've, I've never seen Kill, I've never seen Killjoy One. It was a, it was a thing that we like when I was in high school. Me and a couple of buddies were just at uh, at Blockbuster. I remember seeing Killjoy the Killjoy movies. In the heart. They were like they were. I th- yeah, it's like Trent Haga, one of the guys who's like. Uh, um, he, he's in all of those like full moon uh, productions. Like I think he's might be the owner or the producer or something. He plays Killjoy. Um, but anyway, yeah, we were at Blockbuster or something, and we were just looking for like a you know like when you're in high school and you don't have anything else to do. It's like oh, we'll rent a dumb movie and just like sit there and make fun of it, you know. So we were yeah. we used to do that all the time, and we saw Killjoy too, and we're like, well, this looks like dog shit. This is going to be awesome. And we watched it and it was so bad that like it transcends everything. And, and, and uh, (laughs) like there's a point where the killjoy who's a clown who is, it doesn't really, it doesn't really explain like at some point uh, there is a, a crack sex killjoy summoning exchange. (laughs) That's really confusing where somebody's like, I'll get you crack 
if you fuck me and summon a demon clown. It's but a fair it's, trade. It's like real crazy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, the setup to that movie is that it's a bunch of like teenage delinquents. So who they are, stole from a shitty Who movie. are being <laughs> driven. Well, no, but the twist is uh, they're being driven to like a summer camp that they can fix up. Okay. Uh, whereas this is they're being driven to a, an old hotel that they're going to turn into a homeless shelter. Yes. Uh, and then except where it, where it deviates is that in Killjoy 2, uh, very obviously they're driving through like the desert outside of LA, like in Lancaster or something. Right. But then they are somehow end up in a swamp and they have to uh, seek the help of a voodoo queen uh, to, <laughs> to help them destroy Killjoy. Just so many like horror cliches yeah, just thrown but into that. The, fu- the funniest part about that is the voodoo queen, uh, you think she's going to like help him out and she just immediately gets fucking killed. Wow. <laughs> like she's useless. Um, but yeah, no, but so as, as I was watching that, uh, I promise I won't talk about Killjoy anymore. As, <laughs> As I was watching this, I was like, is this the same plot as Killjoy 2? Wow. Uh, you know they saw that and were like, we're going to borrow from this. I can't family. imagine anyone has seen this movie except for me. I own it, <laughs> I own it on DVD. I bought it from uh, eBay. The DVD was 50 cents and the shipping was <laughs> the shipping was four dollars. Wow. So the shipping was eight times more, eight times more expensive than the film itself. Well, when it cut it cuts to the detention center in this movie, and there's the most stock hip hop music I've ever heard. Okay. Yeah, which I thought. For, I've heard on some sort of WWE programming, like I, it, it, it. Yeah, it's just I, like something that they. I know the song you're talking about, and it piqued my ears a little bit. I was like, I've heard I've this heard in this. like one of those, like you know, top ten craziest choke slams, right? Or whatever, yeah. You know, or one of those, like yeah, the top ten like countdown. Show it's like on the something that would be on the network. Yeah, so it leads me to believe WWE like directly commissioned that. Well, this being 2006, like it's just and as much money as Vince McMahon has, like he couldn't like get the rights to like a chameleon hair song or something. Right, right, like, yeah, yeah. I what just, was Chingy up to? Yeah, like yeah, he, he probably regrets not if if Vincent Man made an offer to Chingy, then he probably regrets not taking that because <laughs> he would be fucking living off of it now, probably. Yeah. Um, what's funny too is they they introduce the delinquents in the most hack way I've ever seen. You know, it does the thing where it shows them their shows name, their record, <laughs> and it's funny because it's supposed to be kind of intimidating. First one, uh, crime is receiving stolen property. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second one, computer fraud. <laughs> it's a bunch of nerds. It's just a bunch of fucking like white collar crimes. <laughs> right, it's, right. It's the most like unintimidating skin, like not. Scary thing ever. <laughs> the scariest thing I saw in this movie was when it popped up and said executive producer Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. That's when I knew it was going to be a real fucking... So, uh, real quickly, I... <laughs> I wonder how much, because, uh, you know, typically if you, you know, uh, not that I am, but if you're kind of unfamiliar with, with the Hollywood thing, typically the executive producer doesn't actually do shit in yeah. a movie as opposed it's to like... just a name. Right. As, as opposed to a TV show where the executive producer is the showrunner and pretty much like like Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan runs right. everything. David Chase ran everything on The Sopranos. In movies, the EP a lot of times is a big name that you can attach. So, for instance, when the first Transformers movie came out, it was like executive produced by Steven Spielberg. He's a big one in the movies. Right, and that's because Steven Spielberg's name has a certain gravitas yes. to it. People are like, oh, Spielberg kind of put it... He, so Steven Spielberg, he, he EP'd uh, The Goonies, he EP'd Back to the Future, like he EP'd a lot of big films. There's so many but, movies he's attached to that he really, you know, like... Yeah, but... A lot of people, when they think, you know, like Back to the Future, Spielberg comes to mind. Yeah, for like sure. He, you know, just Well, didn't. because uh, um, uh, Zemeckis was, for a long time, 
I'm his sort of uh, avatar. You know, he was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I can just send Robert Zemeckis to do the films that, you know. He seem- can trust a guy like that. <laughs> yeah, but a, a lot of times when you see that executive produced by, you can realize that's the bag man. He's the guy with the money. Yeah. But that said, there's so many weird things in this movie where I'm just like, Vince seems like he's in here somewhere. He's doing something. I feel like he might have been more hands-on. For instance, when they refer to marijuana as homegrown aspirin, I was like, is that what Vince thinks? That's Vince. Yeah, because Vince, Vince, Vince has never touched a drug that isn't uh, GBH or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you know. Steroids. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, Vince is, don't, I, I don't even think Vince drinks. I think he's like a real clean living sort of yeah, dude. He's straight edge for S- sure. Same as like, same as Hunter, you know, same as yeah. Triple H, uh, which is why I think Vince is like entrusting Triple H because they have very similar uh, qualities or whatever. Do you but, think there's a weird... Uh, I want to hear some conspiracy theories, you know, about that family. You know there's got to oh. be some weird ones. You know how there's like a Hollywood pedophile ring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if some shit, you know, with Triple H and Vince McMahon we don't know about because it's just this weird kind of... Uh, I think uh, you can kind of... Um, I think the guy to compare Vince McMahon to... I mean, the obvious one is Disney. Uh, yeah. You know, it, where it's the, a, a man who has been told you're an idiot by the general public so many times and has been threatened with financial ruin so many times that when they actually got a modicum of success have just closed themselves off and don't yes. listen to any. Like Walt Disney famously, when he was making Snow White, took four years to make. And they, everybody in Hollywood called this Walt's Folly. That's what it was known as. And people just, he was a fucking goon. Like people were that just. That sounds like, like a Disney ride. Yeah. Well, people were just like <laughs> laughing at him, like open, like you can read shit in like the, the Hollywood Reporter and stuff of just people being like, you know, big dum dum Walt Disney <laughs> thinks that he's going to make a two hour long cartoon that people want to watch. What a dumbass. You so know? he just, you know, he does it in a successful he, does, he just not just the, Not just successful. It's the most successful film of all time in 1934. When it yes. came out, it was the biggest hit movie ever 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 and so it's why disney is like the weird studio in hollywood it's not gonna listen to anything anybody says right so like in hollywood there's there's mgm paramount uh warner brothers universal and 20th century fox those are called the big five and disney's bigger than all of them but they're not included in the big five when you when you describe it they're their own universe because they're this weird mutant stepchild and because walt is uh well first of all walt is the only uh uh He's the only guy that was singularly responsible for, uh, you know, dragging a company like that. Like the Warner Brothers, obviously there's five of them. So you can be like, oh, well, it's not just Jack Warner, even though he's the kind of psychopath that eventually took over the thing. (laughs) None of them are ever good people. (laughs) No, no. But with Walt, especially, he had such a fucking chip on his shoulder because he was not accepted as mainstream entertainment because he was an animator, you know. And so when he became wildly successful, it's why uh, if you visit Los Angeles, all those studios I just named, you can take a tour, a studio tour you get on a tram and they'll take you around and show you the sound stages, all that shit. Disney, go fuck yourself. There's no, <laughs> there's no studio tour. Can't get in there. Can't look at anything. They partly built Disneyland because so many kids were like asking Walt to like, uh, you know, come visit the studio that he was like, here, have Disneyland and fucking don't ever ask me again. There's something I respect that, you know? Yeah. But Vince, you can see Vince is very much the same way where yes. in the way that animation was seen as this sort of like bastard stepchild of the entertainment industry, pro wrestling falls right into that category and it's why there is so much 
just kind of crossover appeal between something like comic books or, or, or you know, and pro wrestling is because it is sort of this, you know, completely wild fantasy that is not necessarily grounded in reality. Right. And it's, it's almost niche in a way. And with Vince, Vince is a guy where everyone from the, I mean, he had to he had to mortgage. Famously, we had to mortgage or, or yeah, um, had to um, take a loan out on his own house to finance WrestleMania one. Yeah, because everybody was like, yeah, no, no one is gonna Nobody pay for this. this. No one cares. You're stupid. What are you doing? And so he mortgage- now it just gets bigger every, every year. year it gets just, crazier and crazier. They so even have the fucking you know uh, the uh, what do you call it? the the population count or the uh, head count right? How many people when it's bigger like every fucking year? Right. And so he's a man who's validated constantly by his own success and his own financial success, but. It's uh, it's a thing where, uh, much like Walt Disney, like you know, he was he had some um, Disney had some down years for sure. Uh, even after Snow White, people forget that uh, Dumbo, Pinocchio, Fantasia, they were all huge flops, and he didn't have another hit till Cinderella. Really, I didn't Cinderella, know that. Huge flops. Hmm. Uh, the Dumbo thing is interesting. We we actually did an episode of the Goods from the Woods where we talked about Disney and uh, mentioned that, of course, you know, and our my co-host uh, Mr. Goodnight's a huge animation uh, freak so he knows all this stuff and we were talking about uh, how uh, basically he made Disney makes Snow White with I think it's 10 people and huh. if you and it's all hand drawn there's no there's Imagine no Xerox that. hand drew that shit and you watch Snow White now and you're it's like amazing a fucking nightmare to fucking yeah do. <laughs> so that's why it took four years is because he did it with 10 people and then after that movie becomes successful he's able he's able to hire like a thousand people to draw for him wow. And then they immediately tried to unionize. Huh. And because Walt Disney was so used to working with a small group and being Uncle Walt, now he's become the kind of faceless name, you know, uh, uh, sort of head of this corporation as opposed to yeah. a business, a small business. And he felt personally affronted by the animators going on strike because he wasn't paying them shit. And they're like, we want a union. Yeah. And so that's why Walt Disney, you know, the whole thing about Disney uh, being a Nazi sympathizer and stuff, it's not so much that he was a Nazi sympathizer. He just really hated Bolshevism. Yeah. <laughs> like he just was really against uh, communist, mainly because he saw it, it as directly affected him. Yeah. It's because <laughs> it affected him. And it's, yeah. it's very similar to the Vince thing where any sort of like affront to, uh, you know, to his industry he takes it as a direct, per- he takes huh. it personal, you know. That's kind of a shame, you know, because, like, Disney does get, like, lumped in, like, people always bring up that he's a Nazi sympathizer and he yeah. hates Jews. Yeah. Um, and it's like... It's it's not that exactly. It's more like... I'm um, sure he does. Well, but- no, no. Actually, no, quite the contrary. With Disney, what happened was, basically, he was very anti-Marxist, you know, yeah. because they were trying to unionize and, like, he saw it as, like, oh, these 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 bums are trying to steal my right. money. And so, he ends up going to a lot of uh, meetings of, like, right-wing Hollywood, essentially, and all of those guys in the, 19- in the 1940s, the early 40s, right before World War II, uh, World, War- World War II had started, but before America got into the war yeah. we're talking 1940 uh basically he's going to all these all these meetings of people who just hate unions and hate yeah. marxism and anti-communists were de facto pro-nazi at that time oh, and so he's lumped in with so he's lumped people. in with them but that's, that's I, it, sucks. but he's he's you know it's it's you know it's hollywood so he's obviously friends with lots and lots of jewish people it's not that he yeah. was a Nazi, he's just like that. in this small bubble in hollywood his his so. name ended up on the same list as a bunch of uh, as a bunch of damn nazis but anyway he puts uh in dumbo there's a scene where all the clowns are complaining about the circus <laughs> 
And they're all just like, yeah, they're not paying us enough. And they're drunks. And they're just like these worthless idiots. He and puts, it's like, and it's, they're supposed to be the animators. That's who, wow. that's who it is. And Walt wrote that shit in there. And it's funny because the animators didn't know what they were doing. Cause that's they, interesting. Cause they, they hadn't done the radio play yet. That's respectful. And so, uh, respectable. So, so, I like that. So Disney was just like, <laughs> made these animators animate this cartoon of essentially a, a symbolic of themselves. How being, do you not respect that a little bit? It's kind of know? hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. But, to pull that off. But yeah, much in the same way where McMahon, like in this movie, there's so many weird uh, drug things uh, yeah. where like a guy, you know. This guy's never even been around weed. Right. And it's, it's, it's got, I, I could be totally wrong, but I, that's, that's gotta be it. That, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. He calls it the homegrown aspirin. There's another point where uh, a, a woman goes. Uh, <laughs> Something has never been called ever. Right. And there's a woman who's like, uh, she's like, I, I think I, I, I keep seeing somebody in the mirror. I think there's somebody in the mirror. And the guy's like, it's pretty good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, that's not what it does. It's Jesus. You're not hallucinating. <laughs> so. That's when he's like uh, saying it's like a uh, two-way mirror or whatever. Is that the part? Yeah, and then Kane uh, uh, the does computer fraud guy. Yeah, yeah, and then that Kane, killed me. Kane like runs out of the mirror. I mean, there's like I, I don't know, like it's basically just Kane just popping up and cartoonishly murdering people. This uh, this movie made me think. You know, I have a new dream after seeing this, and it's to make the first to rot and you know whoever wants to direct it, whatever, but. You know, they got to have, you know, a good eye, you know. Yeah. And like, want to make something actually good. I want to make the first, like, actually praised, like, WWE production. <laughs> like, Man. You know, like, where it's not, like, famous or anything. It's just, like, it's kind of under the radar and builds up this cult following. Right, like, oh, this right. is an actually good WWE movie. That would there, be amazing. Because there hasn't been one. No. There hasn't all. been anything even close to and it. And I haven't seen all of them, but I can tell you for certain that that's, Man, there's not. See, this is, uh, you know how I knew, I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious, but the, 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 the absolute proof that there's too many damn podcasts, I had this great idea. I was like, I want to watch beginning in chronological order every wwe movie including like the flintstones and the scooby-doo fucking uh uh you know no holds barred like all of them i want to know how you're uh you're like just worn down completely by the end right well here's the fucked part it's there's two podcasts that already do that. Oh man! I was like, God damn it! Yeah, there's was, it's, nowadays. There's always it was something. such a good idea. It's called uh, just to shout them out. It's called on this very screen, which I think is a great name. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> you know what? Hats off. You, you, you can you, have you that did one. it. That's a great. You don't idea. want to do that to yourself anyway. If you think about it, yeah. think about how worn down you're going to be because it's so I, much. You know, I I can I can watch a lot of dumb dumb movies. Well, I mean, you put yourself through some shit. Like, I mean, you know, we're on the same page with this. Like, me and you both like. Especially in LA, going to terrible open mics. Oh yeah, for sure. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Joe Reigns hates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he can't find any humor in that, but the one at the Chinese theater, Jesus yeah, Christ, that yeah, was the where, where nothing the, tops that. They started breaking down the stage <laughs> during the last comic while he was talking. The the stage was in three sections that had wheels that fit underneath the screen, uh, the movie screen. It was in yeah. a, it was in a movie theater, and the guy's standing in the middle section, and the host starts pushing. The two sections around him into the into the <laughs> screen, so he can literally just fucking bounce as soon as the guy's done talking. It's so Hollywood is so bizarre. I miss the fuck out of it just because, like, this same night, like there was uh, uh what's his name, Mark uh, 
Mark Lowry, is that his name? The, no, uh, 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 hanging with Mr. Cooper, yeah. uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Curry. Mark Curry. Yeah, yeah. He was hosting a show before that. And then he stuck around just to heckle the open the mic. The open mic? He was heckling the open it's like, mic. don't you do. have a home? What, yeah. what, are, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, he hosted his show that cost money to get into, which is what we're all there to do. And was very poorly attended. It was stupid, but then he just stuck around to just heckle from the audience. I was yeah. like, don't you have a home and, like money <laughs> you would think you would be rushing to get it was like midnight and motherfucker yeah. just yeah it, it was, was great. odd yeah. but like it's funny because you'll it'll be this like basically empty theater with terrible comics up and something really crazy like you know uh them breaking the stage down yeah like, all you can hear is rivers just dying laughing yeah. like echo through this theater oh He's man the only one laughing because it's like nobody oh. else sees what's funny about this oh i told this uh, and this is kind of a horror movie unto itself i told this on the uh we we just did a uh, an episode of our podcast with uh anna valenzuela who's a really funny comic who has uh, done a bunch of the episodes of roast battle and stuff like that and uh the episode ultimately we ended up talking about uh, the great british bake-off uh which is a show that her and pat are really into and then me and joe are just kind of hanging back sniping jokes because we've never seen it so yeah, no it's still about. it's still a fun it's a really fun episode but we start off the episode just because we're all in that in that world of talking about a couple of mics uh, like open mic stories and joe uh just to just to uh whet your appetite for a, a great show about food uh told the story of seeing a man at the hooters open mic uh sticking a bat up his ass uh, <laughs> uh so wait <laughs> yeah oh a it's oh, a uh a su- okay so uh i I'm sure they do this at most major league uh, stadiums, but they definitely do it at Dodger Stadium where they have bat day, they where like it'll be like a Tuesday. Ass. Yeah, where everyone <laughs> sticks a bat up their ass. And then get, so it's an L.A. Dodgers yeah, tradition. Tickets are $20 if you just stick a bat <laughs> up your ass. But no, they give out these little tiny souvenir baseball bats. Yeah. And it was one of those. So it wasn't a full size. It wasn't a regulation Either bat. way. <laughs> Either way. But that would be impressive. Uh, yeah, a man who was playing an accordion. Uh, he is playing an accordion, and uh, he was playing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and then he uh, took his pants off. This is at a, a mic at Hooters uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, which is uh, if you've never been to LA, Hollywood Boulevard is it's directly across the street from the Chinese Theater and the Dolby Theater where they have the Oscars. So it's like tourist it's where, central. It's, it's where every mentally ill person in LA yes. congregates. Have I told to. you? Do you know about the Joker? There's the guy. Uh, so there's a guy at the Hooters mic who comes dressed. Yes. Full full you Joker. He, Explain for the listeners. Yeah, though, so you sent me uh, this. yeah, so like Hollywood Boulevard has a lot. It's very similar to Times Square in New York, where there's a lot of people dressed up like Spider Man, Batman. It's, it's a nightmare. Oh yeah, and so there's a guy who is dressed as Heath Ledger's Joker, and he comes to the open mic from time to time and does time as the Joker. <laughs> and, and so like the only joke of his I remember he's just like uh, he's like ah my uh, my parents are so, or no because uh, my my girlfriend's parents are so annoying. They just keep saying, "Ow, oh, let me out of here. Let me out of this trunk. Let me out." <laughs> This is insane. <laughs> yeah. So that that's going on. And then, yeah, man uh, uh, starts playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. He drops trowel, uh, sticks a fucking souvenir baseball bat in his ass, and then finishes the song and then waddles off stage with the bat like some sort of a degenerate you know turkey feather sticking out of his ass and uh, and then the, the pivotal point of the story, uh, the way Joe tells it, is that he doesn't go into the bathroom he goes up to the door of the bathroom but not inside to pull the bat out of his ass and like it, okay so <laughs> it's in his ass it's not in like it, in his it's, cheeks it is in his 
up in his ass. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Not uh, in the handle end, not the business end. So it's Comedy it's, Central. Give this guy a yeah, yeah. for that alone. So uh, this man's dedicated. Yeah. But that was that was uh, uh Joe told that story and then I'll I'll tell a brief one of this one. There was a guy so the funniest thing ever when you live in a big city with a lot of comedy in it is that you're there with a lot of headliners, a lot of people who make their living doing stand-up comedy on the road, people who are really, really goddamn funny. Yes. But the problem is when you're in a place like Los Angeles or New York, there everyone lives there. So it's kind of difficult to get stage time. So sometimes those headliners, when they're not on the road, they'll host open mics. Yes. And watching a, a legit headliner host an open mic is the funniest thing ever because it's a person who does comedy professionally. And so just through they don't give a fuck at all. Like a lot of people who host open mics, you know, God bless them, put in a lot of it's very effort. It, it is a it's thank, a thankless it's a thankless job. job. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you're a, if you're a headliner, it's like I don't, whatever. I'm doing this so I can talk in between each comic and like work some material and, and stuff. And you're worn down from like. Just constantly doing this, right? Too, just doing just, comedy on the this road. This is what you have to fucking do. Yeah. So I say all that to say this: uh, there's a uh, one of my favorite comedians in Los Angeles is a guy from a uh, guy from, originally from uh, the Cincinnati scene, a guy named Dave Wait. Uh, Very D- funny. Dave Wait. He's came here a few times. Yeah, he's been to Birmingham several times. Does tours of the South. If you get a chance to go see Dave Wait, go see Dave Wait. Absolutely. Uh, everyone in LA has their Dave Wait impression. This is mine. Oh, oh, all right, Dave Wait, zip. Oh, yeah, that's a good day. Yeah, there we go. So it's just a series <laughs> of like right, noises. All right. <laughs> what are we doing? He'd be rubbing. Oh, did rub I take belly? Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, oh, did I take acid? Uh oh. All right. <laughs> Him and Logan Gunselman came through recently, or about six months ago or so. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Logan's my roommate actually now. Uh, oh really? Yeah. She just yeah. moved in. She so anyway, through. Dave's hosting, and like I said, I, the whole reason I went is because. Dave's hosting, and and it, I love watching a, a legit headliner host a Nova mic because they don't they don't give a fuck. They're yeah. not they're gonna you know so they just shit on people. It's great. And Dave was just straight up like, uh, "All right, so uh, you put your name in the bucket. Uh, I'm not gonna look at that. I'm just gonna uh, put up people I like, and uh, <laughs> and and then I'm gonna like point at you, and if it's you, then you go." <laughs> So I'm it's put, just, you know, being honest with how it yeah, really fucking front, is. That's how front. it goes. And so he just up front is like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put up a person I like, and then I'm going to point to one of you guys, and then you're going to go up. And so and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is good for me because I'm friends with Dave. So I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to get up. And uh, so he starts doing it like that. And first of all, there was a comic who uh, gets up, and I, I know his name, and I'll tell you off mic. But anyway... Um, he goes up there and he's a known crazy person. I bet you already know who it is. It's the reason I'm not saying his name because uh, I don't want him to fucking kill me. Is uh, it somebody I've said before on your podcast and you had to edit it because <laughs> I said it like right in the intro? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, but uh, anyway, this this guy goes up and he's just like uh, you know he's kind of a surfer ish dude and he's got long long hair and stuff and he just gets up there he looks like a fucking sasquatch like an off-duty sasquatch yeah and uh and he gets up there and he's just like uh he's just like first of all man i just wanted to fucking say that this is some fucking la bullshit you're trying to d- this is la man this is not denver all right like you're running a mic like it's fucking denver and he was it's just like, go- no, he's running it like it's L.A. Yeah, he's running it like it's a mic. What do you mean? And uh, so he, he was bitching about how the mic was like a Denver mic. And he was honest. At least he's not bullshit. Yeah, he like- tells you up front. And then it was funny because afterwards, Dave, the rest of the night was like, all right, so uh, this is a Denver style mic. <laughs> And he just kept saying it. It was so goddamn funny. Denver style only. 
so and that first comic had several jokes about living in his car because he lives in his car. Of course. And then there was another comic who had an offhand comment about living in their car. It tells you everything you need to know about 2018. It's so goddamn depressing. And so the finally the third comic who had a joke about living in his car comes up there. <laughs> And this guy had, he was from Florida. I don't remember his name. Pat Riley? Uh, no. no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This guy was, uh, I mean, Pat's, uh, you know, Pat's a maniac, but not in this way. Uh, Pat's great. So he, uh, I'll just hint, uh, heretofore being uh, referring to him as Beardhead, because <laughs> he had uh, he had red hair, not unlike Trevor Murdoch, uh, and his hair was very kinky. Like, it was like, like a beard, you know? He had that very kind of like... Uh, um, like a beard like yeah beard like yeah, very hair. very yeah. curly super curly hair huh. and then he also had a beard and it looked like the barber had taken one one clipper <laughs> with one setting and did it all <laughs> and so it just looked like his hair looked like more beard so i just yeah. kept from calling him beardhead cuz it looked <laughs> like he had just a, a like a weird beard hat on like it was just weird yeah and he had these insane eyes and he was just like fucking scan like he was like scanning the crowd and stuff and his punchlines were not punchlines they were threats <laughs> like, oh my god like, a- he was just like do you fucking understand what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was like evil. It was like evil Pete Holmes. Like how how Pete Holmes' only punchline now is just, so just like the real Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah, hey, exactly. That's me. I, I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> like all of his punchlines, he's like, "Do you know what I mean?" Huh? And this but guy, evil but this guy was just like, "Do you know what the fuck I'm talking about?" And was just like <laughs> screaming and foaming at the mouth and stuff. And the only joke of his I remember it was his big closer as he goes, uh, "You know the best part about living in your fucking car? <laughs> Do you know the best fucking part?" It's like if a bitch asked you on a date, it's like, where do you live? It's like, bitch, I live in your yard now. <laughs> That's a good joke. It's a good joke. Oh, what That's what Anna said. I told it to Anna, and Anna Valenzuela was fucking rolling, and she was like, "That's an amazing joke." I'm like, "If this was a character, and yes, the, the closer." I was like, "It's an amazing joke, except that this dude looked scary." He's not joking. He was, was... T- terrifying. Like even Dave, like I kept looking over at Dave Wade, and his eyes were just like saucers, and he was like, kind of. So you want to host the rest of this? And, and Dave Wade's a fucking road comic. He's seen some shit. Yeah. And this dude, like, he was kind of like, so Dave, the guy, like, storms off the stage, and he's just pissed. I don't, you know, he worked himself into a, a shoot, and he goes <laughs> out the door, and so Dave's on stage. He's like, uh, do, are, y'all, are y'all scared? I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. And as he's saying that, you just hear, like, pop. Like, you hear the door just slam shut, and you're like, Oh God! Now he's just out there, <laughs> and so we were all like coming up with strategies for how we were going to get back to our car. Oh my God! Yeah, because he what was a- scary, and I told somebody else that, and somebody else was like, "Oh God, I saw him at such and such." So he's around in the scene. So anyway, that's Beardhead. You know what? Like, let's just go ahead and set. Let's do the rest of this episode. Fuck this movie. Like, let's just talk about the fucking L.A. scene because that shit's uh, way more fun to talk about. Oh man, this movie sucks. Don't see it. You've it, seen The Shining and Silence of the Lambs. They're both good. Yeah. Well, the, with this one, I, the only things I wanted to say is that they did steal uh, a lot from Psycho. Uh, there's the, a, mo- the thing with the mom. There's the mom thing. There's a hotel thing, and there's a shower scene. So it's yeah. it's basically it's basically fucking Psycho. It's, like it's, it's like, just a bunch of Stolen horror cliches from Psycho, but then uh, you have like a little bit of like Bush era torture porn. Uh, yeah, Bush st- era like hostile, and hostile saw. type of shit happening. Which God, the people who live also are the worst people. 
like yeah. The, well, if anybody were to live or die in this movie, they all everybody in this movie I had as a note also is just terrible. Well, there's just, a lot of um, my thing with this movie is there's a lot of uh, the thing going on where they get these character actors who you can tell who they actually wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Michaels, uh, which was very funny. There was a guy named Michaels. I assume his first name was Sean. Uh, there was a lot of people in this movie with like. What, why is that the name you went with? Yeah. It was like Richson, I think, was somebody. Uh, I yeah. could be wrong. No, because uh, the the guy went up to him. And here was an insult he had for him. Here was the insult for this guy. He was like, "What's up, bitch?" Yeah, I yeah. mean, rich. <laughs> <laughs> Got him, man. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. That, yeah. So the the one male who ends up living is the guy who is the pimp and uh, woman abuser. Yeah. He, it's, I was like, endearing I was like, clearly he's the first guy to go. What do you mean he lives? Yeah, like in every horror movie, like that's like this guy's gonna get his right. Screen, yeah, know? that's that's the comeuppance. Yeah, you that's know? it right there. Yeah, the payoff. You know, they're gonna blow off the feud by like having this guy dead. And uh, yeah, no, he. Um, yeah, it was weird that he was the one who lived, and then uh, the yeah the black guy uh, was I guess the most sympathetic of the men. He got killed, and then oh but no! What I was saying is like you can always tell uh, who they wanted. Yeah, Richards obviously they wanted Ed Harris, and they just couldn't afford Ed Harris, yeah. so they got this like fake Ed Harris. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> like if you watched it, you were just like, oh, did you guys wanted Ed Harris? This is for fake this? Ed Harris. Yeah, there was fake Ed Harris. There was a fake John Leguizamo. Uh, yes, and I I must have like fallen asleep at this part. I don't remember what happened. It was a lot him. of staring at my phone. This. Yeah, well, I was watching it on the phone, so I still <laughs> I was still falling asleep. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was a fake John Leguizamo, and uh, and then yeah, the um, uh, yeah. But anyway, it was uh, I don't know it, the scene where Kane. Uh, the mayor of Knoxville. Uh, the mayor of Knoxville has a woman in the cage, uh, <laughs> and it keeps flashing back to his childhood, uh, where it's revealed that the old woman who wants these uh, troubled youths to fix up the uh, fix up the hotel is actually the mother of the antagonist, Kane Jacob Goodnight. Oh, okay. I didn't know that happened. I didn't finish it. Oh, you didn't finish it? <laughs> I, I was like, there was like ten minutes left, and I was like, you know, I gotta clean dishes. I gotta do something. <laughs> I have to. I have to live my. I life. couldn't finish it. I just. It was n- hardly any time left. Yeah. So very similar to Psycho. Right? It's like the the reveal at the end is like, oh, the uh, the mom. Uh, is actually the woman like when they first arrive at the hotel they're gonna fix up this old hotel and turn spoiler it, alert if you give a shit about th- they're this. gonna turn it into a homeless shelter yeah uh for uh for the homeless and uh they get there to fix it up and this old woman's like oh you know this hotel's been here since then she's like telling the story and she's like and i just want to thank you guys for helping me out and it turns out she's like can's mom like she's the she was the heel the whole time yeah. <laughs> and uh and, and that's what they call it like that's the uh like uh production like team behind movies in wwe like that's what they say instead of like uh antagonist it's yeah like, yeah yeah this is the heel all right uh, even in movies <laughs> all right kane's working babyface in this one brother yeah uh, <laughs> i bet they do that i guarantee i bet it. the second one it might be like a terminator 2 situation where he's babyface now oh uh yeah Could yeah be. i i've i've said that to non-wrestling people accidentally where i was describing the terminator and i was just like yeah the first one where he's working heel yeah and they just like look at me like oh he's a bad guy uh (laughs) he has the face turn and then he's a baby it's hard not especially doing what you do like you can call (laughs) matches now yeah that's right uh but uh yeah no he it's um 
there's did you see the part where he's um you think he's having sex with the with the lady and it turns out he's just having a flashback did you oh, see that? Oh yeah. Where they keep cutting to his face. So there's like a scene where he, you think that that Kane has like captured this woman, and you think he's like raping her basically because they keep Very. cutting. They keep cutting back and forth between two people having consensual sex. And then somewhere else, Kane is with his victim, and, it's just and you just see his face, charming. like with his eyes rolling back, like rocking back and forth. <laughs> and you're like, too- "Oh my god, this is the mayor of Knoxville." Vote uh, for me. Yeah, vote for me. <laughs> and uh, uh, that'd be a great like YouTube video. <laughs> like, make a fake Kane, just, like uh, yeah, <laughs> with his eyes. And uh, so you think you're like, "Oh no, he's he, you know, he's he's violating this woman." And then the other girl finds them together and he's just kind of got her like on the bed and he's like having like a, an intense, uh, he's, he's in his feelings. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and the woman is just kind of like in his arms and uh, they're both fully clothed. It's really weird. It's odd. And, uh, uh, but anyway, the, uh, the girl goes up to the other, the woman who is, comes, comes to rescue her, uh, tries to shoot Jacob Goodnight in the head and then is out of bullets. Uh, and then he, uh, he, that's when he gives the double choke slam. Because uh, I knew it was coming. Because with a lot of these wrestling Heft. films, it's like you got to get your... So The Rock obviously did the rock bottom to Jason Statham through a glass table in Fast and Furious 7. You have to do it. You got to get that move over, brother. You know, you got to... We've already got him in the movie. Yeah. This is a silly fucking movie. Oh, gotta... the the scene where, like, the douchebag guy who ends up living, uh, he starts... Uh, <laughs> so, at the beginning of the film, Michael's the cop. Uh, his partner gets killed uh, when they're busting into Jacob Goodnight's house, and Goodnight chops the guy's uh, head off with an axe. And then chops 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 Richard's arm off the with arm, the axe. Did you see how terrible that? Yeah, was? the PS arm was one fucking level. It was amazing. Uh, and then Richard shoots Kane. Jacob Goodnight shoots him in the head, and you think he's dead, but it's the first scene, so you know he's not dead. And then he comes back to to kill to kill Richards. The whole thing was a setup. The mother. Uh, who I mentioned turns heel at the end, like she set the whole thing up to get Richards. But then after they kill Richards, who had, dies like halfway through, they just keep killing people. And it's like, yeah. well, you got the guy. Yeah, that, it's like, why do you, why do you keep doing this? It it's seems like, like if anything, he sh- fake Ed Harris should have lived to the end. Right. You know? It's kind of like, did you ever see that Friday the Thirteenth where basically? They set the movie up to where uh, Jason comes back. This the, the whole thing starts this guy it's like mentally ill guy they're like in a mental hospital and he asked this guy for a piece of chocolate if he wants a piece of chocolate that guy's like get the fuck away from me chops him with an axe <laughs> one of the fucking coroners that come is the guy's dad that uh got killed apparently uh, okay apparently yeah he dresses up as jason and kills people to get revenge but it's like, uh, so it's like- why didn't you just kill the guy that killed your son not everybody right right <laughs> like, well, I, guess you're a I guess it's like the it's like the tylenol poisonings you know they're yeah. they were trying to kill one person and then they conceal it by killing more people you know yeah that's, that's make it look random that would make the most sense that's like some serial killer shit yeah. uh where it's like oh i want to kill my wife but also you know i'll make it i'll make her the third in a string of random killings yeah, yeah. where it's not obvious right uh but yeah this one uh oh the, the, yeah but anyway he so the point is that kane has a a, a a head wound like he was shot through the head yeah <laughs> so he's got a big festering wound that at one point maggots crawl out of which was yeah. kind of cool um but there's a scene where uh they finally get the upper hand on on jacob goodnight and the the douchebag who ends up living is like hitting him with like a lead pipe yeah and uh and it was just funny because i was like he hits him in the knee 
which is if you ever watch wrestling, uh, you know, that's that's like the it's a thing called work in the knee where like the if you're if you're trying to like take down a, a bad guy who's bigger than you, it's like start just stomping on his knees and shit. So they do that. And then my favorite part is he starts hitting him with the lead pipe in the, the gunshot wound in his head. <laughs> And all I imagine is like just Jr. just being like, and there he goes working that existing brain injury on the <laughs> on the cranium of Jacob Goodnight on the cranium of Jacob Goodnight. Yeah, and it's just coming out with maggots, folks. It's disgusting. But it, it's obviously it's one of his weak points is his uh, massive head wound. <laughs> My God, my God, God the humanity of him whipping him repeatedly with a lead pipe in the brain cavity. By God, that boy's got a massive head. Oh, my God. His brain pan is filling at the moment with fluid and uh, maggots. Fun piece of trivia. <laughs> a fun piece of trivia about this. The original working title of this film was I Scream Man. Like Ice Cream? I, like your eye. Yeah. I Scream Man. Because it's something with his eyes, right? Like, yeah. Uh, well, he keeps stealing people's eyes. He That's keeps why stealing people's eyes. So it's they were gonna go with Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man. Okay. It was later changed to the Good Night Man. <laughs> the Good Night. Well, they, they don't ever say his name, do they? I don't remember them saying. The his only name. reason I know that's his name is because they used to push it on Raw. They like during the May nineteenth uh, angle, they kept being like, you know, WWE superstar Kane stars as the terrifying Jacob, Jacob Goodnight. I'd never seen this film, by the way. So I, yeah, I, I watched it. This you and I saw this for the first time uh, uh, this week or yeah. whatever. So did you watch it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yeah same, I watched it last night when I got in. Same so. here. Same here. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 I fucking re- yeah, I rented it off of iTunes. I can't believe they made they they should pay me, frankly. Uh, yeah, you know what I did? I got fucking ripped off, which I'm kind of glad I I can try this little subscription out. But I was gonna do a free trial of Shutter. Oh, and it's yeah, it's I, I saw that as one possible way to watch it. But they charged me for it because apparently I've already gotten Shutter. Oh. I got it when it was new, and oh, okay. it didn't have anything good on there. It was shit like this on there, but now yeah. they have like. Oh Halloween well, now they now they've got uh, they got see, money, they've yeah. got see no evil. So yeah, they have see no evil, so yeah. it's great. So they're set. No, it's uh, actually it started out as a really shitty horror movie app, but now yeah. they have like Halloween and like all John Carpenter stuff. It's Ooh. a good it's a good horror app. Yeah. Okay, like, now it's got some good shit. It's got the Halloween. Pretty much any horror movie you can think of. That's awesome. They've uh, they've gained a lot of. I guess that uh, you remember Joe Bob Briggs, the guy on. Uh, uh, TNT. It was like the uh, drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he they hired him to do this uh, last midnight thing, like uh, where it was basically that, and it was the last time he was going to do it. Yeah, they made a lot of money on that. Apparently, so yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of like a, 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 a pretty big money-making app now that a lot of people okay. are into. So, I mean, if you're into you know horror movies, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they even went from Good Night Men to Good Night. They they had three fucking working titles before. How hard is it to? Yeah. What what is the? Uh, uh, are you? Do you have IMDb pulled up? It's a uh, Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I was gonna say yeah. Like go to the uh, uh, go to like IMDb and look at like the uh, the the trivia and like behind the scenes stuff because yeah, that's there's always funny shit there. But yeah, I feel like there's no reason to. Um even discuss Silence of the Lambs or The Shining other than, like, you know, they're both way better than this. Uh, they're yeah, both good well, movies. Well, The Shining's about a hotel as well. Yeah. You know? yeah I think The Shining... They've got that thematic connection, and, of course, Silence of the Lambs is about a, a, a person who collects body parts, much yes. like Jacob Goodnight. Uh, really, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you could say that See No Evil 
kind of finished what those other two previous films started. A lot of people, you know, it's rumored. A lot of people have said <laughs> that, that See No Evil is in fact the the apotheosis of the uh, of the hotel body part collection it's, genre. It's definitely uh, a known theory. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I, I rewatched The Shining recently, and I, I had the kind of uh, weird revelation that The Shining is a bit. Shine, the Shining is to horror films what Richard Pryor is to stand up. Where if you watch old Richard Pryor or if you watch The Shining, Richard Pryor stuff is it seems kind of tame, I guess. And yeah. so does The Shining, and it's because everyone stole from them. So yeah. so like the horror genre took so much stuff from The Shining. Stand up comedy, a lot of the stuff that Richard Pryor did was so kind of revolutionary because no one had ever done it before. Yeah. And now it's just become the the language of comedy. It's the way that people deliver jokes is very similar to what Pryor does. So when you watch Richard Pryor stuff, you can appreciate it as like a historical thing of like, oh, this guy, you know, uh, is is the most important figure to modern comedy because he's the guy who originated all that stuff. But that said, it doesn't hit you as as funny as it might have if you were around in 1976. Um, and so, uh, very very similar with The Shining. Like you see it, and you're like, this is not a scary movie. It's just a movie you can just appreciate. But also, like there, are, the jump scares are there. Uh, you know, a you lot know. a lot of the the kind of um, things that they do with the soundtrack. Because um, a lot of movies now, it's like they're not visually based they're noise based yeah so where you watch these movies where it's like you're like it's really quiet and then you hear like a bang, you know yeah. and it's kind of that jump scare thing a lot of that came around in the late late 70s early 80s at the same time as the shining and movies like halloween and, and I things think, like uh, that um but i watched the shining it's not to say that it, it doesn't uh it doesn't hold up as a film because i think it's an amazing movie it's just not scary anymore. right yeah <laughs> you know? it has its moments where it's you know like that's still kind of creepy just because of uh i guess nostalgia that yeah. movie scared me as a it doesn't ever look cheap i don't want to make people think i'm oh, saying it. yeah, yeah it, it looks incredibly well done it's just like you know uh, an ocean of blood coming out of an elevator there's a lot of visuals in it that yeah like, yeah stick with you oh I, my god yeah I think it's it's probably one of my favorite movies. I think it's my favorite Kubrick movie. Same here. Yeah, I think it's yeah it's it's definitely my favorite Kubrick movie. I don't um, know about you. Two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, boring as shit. And I don't. It's yeah. just the only thing going for it is it's a. Uh, Visually pleasing, I think. Uh, so with that one, uh, I have a similar opinion of 2001 that I do to Moby Dick, which is that I and the Odyssey and a lot of like books that you're just you know they tell you like oh if you're going to be a serious uh, you know scholar you need to have read Homer right. you need to have read Melville <laughs> just watch if, your brother work if you're going to be <laughs> yeah if you're going to be like a, a serious film buff you have to watch 2001 right. and then you watch it and you're just like I don't really. I had the advantage in all of those situations of having they were shown to me in an academic setting. Yeah. And so 2001, I watched for the first time in high school and my, uh, my 11th grade AP English teacher, a guy named Max Jones, who's still just one of, one of my favorite teachers I've ever had, just like a, a hilarious dude. That's his favorite movie of all time. There's a lot of people that have great taste that that's their favorite and fucking movie. And he showed it to us after a full lecture of just like, Here's why this is great. All right, it hits on these themes, blah, 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 and like broke it down in a way. And he's an amazing educator and a great teacher. So when I watched it, it was in the context of A, like the coolest dude I knew. Because, you know, when I was in high school, my two English teachers in 11th grade and 12th grade, Jones and Thompson, both those dudes 
were the the guys I, that was like who I wanted to be. Yeah. Like I looked up to them in a way I was like, these dudes are funny as shit. They're very smart. They don't put up with any like nonsense. Like it was an AP class. So if you didn't read, they would just mock you. They'd be like, what? You, you couldn't <laughs> read 70 pages last night. What's wrong with you? Yeah. This is an AP class. Yeah. They're like, the this is up. a college class. You're getting college credit for this. <laughs> You're not a fucking child. Like they just wouldn't put up with shit. And so I was always like, these guys rule. I want to be this, yeah. you know, I want to have this kind of stuff. So it was, it was a, it was like a little bit of sort of a, 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 a wanting to impress like a, a teacher sort of a situation, but also like he just broke it down in a way that was really, really beautifully laid out. And so I watched it in that setting of like, a, I, I want to like this because you know this this person I respect likes this yeah, so much. You want to figure out what it is, but also they figured out a way to break it down to a sixteen-year-old to in a way that I was like, okay, all right, this is like some heavy shit, and I love it. So yeah. I've always had an affinity for two thousand one, but I also get that. I was literally walked across the street by a person. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to appre- understand what it is that you have to appreciate. Which was similar to Melville. Like, the first time I read Moby Dick, I was like, this is fucking boring. And yeah. then I had uh, uh, my professor in college, Jim Ryan, who's a Melville scholar, break it down in a way. It's like, no, this is about, So he's like, the guy that you want to find. Right. You're like, this is, you know, this is not a story about, uh, you know, uh, boats. This is a story about, uh, you know, uh, trying to kill God. It's like, <laughs> you know. Put it that way, and they just blow your fucking mind. So with that, yeah. So I like 2001, but just as a just as a movie, The Shining is uh, is fucking perfect. Yeah, it's, it's definitely his uh, best. I do. Uh, I think Kubrick's just an interesting filmmaker. Oh, he's a maniac. It's That's just my, insane. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wears people down. I mean. Uh, Oh. Shelley Duvall, I think, on the set of this for sure, like that's when she, that's when the fucking yeah. the turn of Shelley Duvall. Happened. Yeah, God, uh, she uh, she's insane now. Yeah, that she thinks that yeah. Robin Williams uh, still talks to her. Oh my God, he like visits her like an apparition. Does he Robin. as Popeye? Oh God, I hope <laughs> he comes home with the pipe. In his Have mouth you seen the interview with her? She, she, you know, looks yeah, like you it's, know, just somebody you'd see uh, talk, like like, like a, into the sky, like a schiz- schizophrenic. Uh, person to the gas station or yeah, something exactly yeah it's it really was sad but i mean it's you and know, that, i think that, he played a played a part in that for sure and that that movie man her uh her face is so expressive you're like yeah. it, it's she's you know the knock on it is that she's not a great actress which yes. i can see there's definitely parts where you're like okay if your son is about to be murdered you're kind of running to half speed here yeah you need to she's st- like danny just kind of like yeah but then you also realize it's like kubrick made her do that 150 times sworn the fuck right so she's like you know been mentally drained by an insane man uh but uh so i, I give a little bit of wiggle room there well she does the uh, you know what she does do well in that movie is like kind of plays the part of this lady that's supposed to be kind of you know annoying the shit out of jack nicholson's character <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah. which i mean he's just an abusive asshole like <laughs> right. even before he loses his mind oh, but man. uh it's still funny he's <laughs> like got, him losing it on her is funny yeah well and she's a good like a good screamer in a horror yes, movie absolutely. and back to back to see no evil unfortunately really quickly <laughs> Everyone is a terrible screamer except for and I now I need to figure out the actor's name because I I can't remember the 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 one black guy in the movie. He's amazing. He, he, he's the only person who's good at like the murderous uh you know scream. Everybody else is really phoning it in with the screaming. Uh Michael J Pagan who played Ty. Yeah, That's okay. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike uh, Michael what's his last name? Pagan. P P A G A N? Yes. Pagan? All yes. right. Cool Hell last yeah. name. That's a pretty sweet. He's a rad a, last name. He's a, yeah, he's also the leader of a bike gang. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, so my Michael Pagan when he he is he's a good scream. He's a good horror movie scream. Everybody else in that movie was really shitty, and I'm like, you only have one job really in a WWE sponsored horror film. It's a fucking horror movie. That should dude. be your audition. It's like, all right, let's hear you scream like a, a like the mayor of Knoxville is trying to kill you. Yes, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, no, it, yeah, I just I watched The Shining last week because they uh, Netflix. Uh, we'll put a bunch of good horror movies on yes uh, on October 1st and uh, I saw The Shining came up and it's one of those movies where you know you log on to Netflix and you see they've got the they've got the new thing and it's yes. one of those immediate click no hesitation like click I watch, watch The it. Shining that for me The Dark Knight I don't know if you yep, know that way. that's love, one of those you have to sit through like I you, still still will watch that anytime uh, my go-to recently another Jack Nicholson film that is unbelievably stupid but I can watch it over and over like an insane person, The Departed. Oh, dude, I love that. That is a go-to as well that's on is, Netflix. I, it watched is, it, I watched it the other night. I, it is essentially about 30 vignettes all of them are insane. It moves at the strangest pace it, I've ever seen. But it's also uh, the perfect movie if you do a lot of, because I do a lot of uh, like photo editing, graphic design, stuff like that. If you're just stuck at a screen all day and you don't have to, you know, I can't obviously can't do it when I'm like editing a podcast because I got to actually listen. Yeah. But if I'm doing graphic stuff, it's the perfect thing to just have on next to you because you can just like stop at any point and just look over and Jack Nicholson is uh, shaking a dildo at Matt Damon and <laughs> in just go in a porn theater. It is. Oh, it's just it's just perfect. This uh, is a, a funny thing about that movie that was mentioned on a podcast I listened to recently. Uh, it's uh, Nick Mullen's podcast that uh, has the worst fans of any. Oh, come town. Yeah, come town has the worst fans. No, like very well known. But, you know, Nick Mullen's just one of the funniest people ever. But he uh, was talking about watching The Departed, and he said, you know, in the beginning, Jack Nicholson drops the N-word. Yeah. And he's like, it's just funny it, because it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It never it gets resolved. It was unnecessary. It's just like, yeah, let's just throw that in there. It, and that also happens in The Shining. The Shining also. It's just like, that just, you know, willy-nilly just throw uh, yeah, Well, it, it, although in The Shining, you can make an argument that when they use it, it's in the context of like, Dick Halloran is coming to save the family at the hotel. Yeah. And that's the reference that is dropped down is like, oh, there, there is a inward, you know, coming to disturb yes. what we have here and stuff like that, which if you read The Shining as uh, the way I think Kubrick intends it, which is like a microcosm of like, you know, American, uh, you know, sort of uh, genocide or whatever coming back to to fucking haunt you because they mention up front they're like oh this and it's it's again it's it's another uh, horror stereotype now but at the time was I think I had never done before they're like oh we uh, built this hotel on top of a Indian burial yeah. ground <laughs> and uh, Stephen King has that a lot too in his stuff sure like, a lot of Indian burial grounds. yeah but if you think about it uh, America is built on an Indian burial yeah, ground very... like it's very direct one-to-one correlation as far as symbolism goes and so they're saying that like the overlook is you know if, if we're supposed to understand this in context is like the the symbol of America right so the ghosts uh, you know having their big ball and their sort of you know symbols of decadence that are ultimately dead on the inside like there's these people don't exist it never existed yeah, uh, kind of a thing, and the whole thing is like all time is happening at once. When he says that, it's like, oh, this inward is coming to, you know, interrupt what we have here. 
it's a lot. I mean, it's it's the civil rights movement, right? It's like, okay. oh, it, you, it's if you're taking if you take the symbolism of the hotel representing America, uh, then it's saying like, oh, you know, this impurity, this okay. is is coming here. I feel to like, like I'm nineteen again. Yeah. hearing this because like I've never heard this theory either. Like, Have you ever watched uh, the the documentary, the uh, Room Two Thirty Seven? I haven't. Yeah, it's not on Netflix anymore. I, it? That sucks, man. Because yeah, yeah cause I used I'm, to watch that because The Shining wasn't on there. I was like, well, I'll just watch this because it's this. just clips from the film. Um, but they kind of get into a lot of the symbolism, and there's a lot of you know tortured symbolism. Truthfully, like a lot of it is a little bit of a stretch, particularly in that movie where the people are like, oh no, this the whole point of that movie uh, is it's basically just talking to I think four different uh you know kubrick scholars or mega fans whatever you want to call them who yeah. all have these theories and one of them is that the shining is stanley kubrick confessing to faking the moon landing for the government yeah uh, you know and the proof of this is that danny is wearing a shirt that says nasa like his sweater has the rocket on it and says nasa and they have this whole thing about like oh you know danny represents like the lie of going to the moon and all this stuff wow but i need to see this but it's it's insane but that, that that's but, the selling point for me that they can go I, into that but I believe that kind of the the most believable interpretation of this movie is the first one they explore, which is that the Overlook is supposed to be a symbol for America. You know, it's built on top of an Indian burial ground, which is why, you know, the elevator opens up and it's just an ocean of blood because that yeah. that was what was necessary to create the hotel. That's what was necessary to create the country was the spilling of an ocean of blood. And it's, you know, it's kind of coming back to like haunt them or whatever. Obviously, the bartender Lloyd is uh, is supposed to be you know obviously in the film is depicted as like a luciferian like a devil sort of uh symbol or whatever he's even got the big ass red lapel so he's even got kind of the uh the you know his shirt sort of looks like the head of satan almost because he's got these extremely large lapels um but uh you know they kind of say that like oh no he's the uh uh, Lloyd, the bartender, isn't, he's not Satan. He's white ambition. He's, he's white, uh, supremacy of just this, uh, you know, we cannot be deviated in our, uh, conquest of this, of this place. You know, we're going to hold this down forever, no yeah. matter what. And then when he says, you know, he, uh, the other guy, uh, I think it's the bellhop says that to Jack Nicholson is like, oh, this N word is coming to, you know, interrupt what we have here. That's totally just the being like, oh, now, now this person wants rights. You're going to ruin our party. Right. Exactly. This is just for us. This isn't for outsiders. You know, that's interesting. Yeah. I have not heard any of these theories. Oh yeah. That's, that's the, uh, that's, that's what the thing is supposed to be. There, and then, there needs to be a Kubrick documentary. I think they're actually making one about Oswald shut, which is, the oh, there's a yeah. lot of interesting, oh, a lot of crazy there. shit there. Yeah. The one that, uh, intrigues me the most is the one about the, uh, uh, Kubrick was trying to kind of expose the, uh, the, uh, uh, Satanism cult kind of in Hollywood. Right, between, right. And uh, I hope that's what it's about. But, uh, you yeah. know, there's that theory. There's the one where he's trying to wear down Tom Cruise and right. make him lose his fucking mind, which worked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, single-handedly, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, ruined his marriage. Yeah, uh, yep. But uh, I, it took me a while to come around on that movie for a while, but uh, I love Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to see the uncut version of that because apparently it dived into a lot more of that... Uh, conspiracy theory that it's about like hollywood satanism yeah sure uh that shit intrigues me that like the hollywood pedophile ring all that is very interesting yeah yeah yeah. the pedophile ring is kind of you know some of it's you know not proven but there are there's like a lot of stuff where you know lower on the totem pole producers have been caught on tape oh yeah yeah admitting that stuff 
I'm curious to hear what Corey Feldman <laughs> has been holding. Oh my back God. Up. He apparently thinks Charlie Sheen is a big sure, party, sure. Which I mean, who wouldn't believe that? Yeah. Uh, no. With that, uh, have you seen Tickled? No, that's that documentary about uh, motherfucker. Okay, so there uh, we have a, a a sister podcast uh, called What Did You Learn uh, with our friends uh, Luke Jensen and Monica Scott, and they review documentaries. And I've uh, I've been on lots and lots of episodes, uh, and I did the one about Tickled. So if you just search. Uh, unfortunately, if you just search Rivers Langley Tickled, uh, you can find it pretty easily where we talked about it. At least that's what comes up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this movie was essentially, uh, you know, like any good documentary, it starts off as like, uh, oh, there's like this wacky thing a lot of people don't know about where yeah. it's about competitive endurance tickling, where basically they would put ads on Craigslist for dudes to come in and they all would make them wear like Adidas track suits and like adidas stuff they were like obsessed with adidas as yeah. a brand jonathan davis so no one's right. na- like that's the weird part is like no one's naked at any point they're always wearing adidas stuff but they would come in and you get strapped to a bed and a bunch of dudes tickle you and you try to last an hour basically Ooh. and then at the end of an hour you get like ten thousand dollars or something it's like a, okay. a shitload of money and uh and then the whole the documentary like starts off with like ah isn't this weird yeah, and then they kind of veer into like, oh, uh, who's um, who's paying for this? Yeah. And, and then there's this hard fucking turn of just like, oh, PizzaGate's real. Like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like not that specific, you know, not that incident specifically, but like when you find out who's fucking paying for this, why they're paying for it, all the dark, crazy shit involved, and like it ultimately comes back to like basically a uh, Wall Street brokers fucking weird brother who is always it's very similar to the jinx yeah. it's the jinx instead except instead of murder it's just like weird you know uh, a kinky perversion and stuff like that yeah but ultimately you're just like oh okay so if you have basically if you have more than like five million dollars you're evil yeah <laughs> it's like, it's, is this on netflix still no it's on hbo it was an h it's an hbo so it should be on okay. hbo go dude hbo okay if you have hbo now there's so many good documentaries yeah yeah i mean capturing the freedmans is on there finally yeah you've seen that i have yeah did they did did monica and luke do episodes we haven't that? done that one uh that would be a really good you know we we've got uh if if you drop that if you drop this episode right now this week the one that's coming out we did a crossover next week so it's goods from the woods and what did you learn about uh and this is truly joe rain's appreciation week we did the jesco white trilogy oh yeah so we did dancing outlaw dancing outlaw 2 jesco goes to hollywood and uh the wild wonderful white so west virginia i haven't seen two i haven't seen uh, two's weird two's real weird yeah uh, the dancing outlaw one's my favorite person the dancing outlaw one is good i didn't realize how insane the editing is on there Mm -hmm. because we showed it to monica and she was like you know honestly i wish i'd watched wild wonderful whites first because it's they do they do such a better job of explaining what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Whereas the that dance and all of the first fucking line is him going, Well, besides my father, I am the best dancer. Yeah, it's like And a, it uh, just drops you into this crazy world and you're like, what the fuck? And it's only thirty minutes long. It's like this shitty like PBS. It's a PBS TV show, yeah. yeah. The second one is uh based on the the popularity of the first one, it kind of got taped and went around Hollywood much in the same way that Frog Baseball, which became Beavis and Budhead, went yeah. around. Yeah. and South Park the, uh, the Spirit miracle, of Christmas Spirit of Christmas went around the days before viral video it was literally just being copied and pasted on uh, you know uh, VHS and stuff like that and uh, 
But anyway, uh, it got to Tom Arnold, and he was like, oh, I love this guy. We should have him on Roseanne. So they had Jessica White as a special guest on Roseanne. Wow, I did not know that. And <laughs> it's like, you know, John Goodman's like redneck cousin or something comes oh, to town. Wow. And it's him, and uh, they got Dweezil Zappa to play the Wildwood Flower, the song that he always dances to. He made a lot of uh, weird drop-ins, like as far as doing the soundtrack for and stuff in the 90s. He yeah. He did the music for Duckman. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's right. Underappreciated show. Still oh, for funny. sure. Still very funny. Um, but yeah, Dweezil's there, Jessica's dancing, and the, the documentary is just them following him to Los Angeles, and he's never left... Huh. He's never left Virginia, and it's so you know that the second one is the weakest of the three for sure. Yeah, and it's supposed to be kind of the you know of the three. I mean, Dancing Outlaws depressing but funny. The second one is like kind of a big up, you know, like the whole thing is like just exciting because he yeah. gets to go on this trip, and then Wild Wonderful Whites is the saddest funny. It's the saddest funny movie I've ever seen. Yeah, like it's hilarious, but also like if you just stop to think about anything that's happening for two seconds, you're like, this is depressing, unbelievably. They know nothing fucked. but that, and it's yeah. just like you know. Um, but the second one, the funniest part of it is, uh, and again, if you want to check it out, we did two hours on this, but, uh, definitely check it out. It's a good podcast, but the, the quick, the quick thing with the second one is, uh, he gets there and Jesco, who has an affinity for huffing gasoline and lighter fluid and airplane glue. Uh, and when you do them all at the same time, it's called a double super buzz. Only Uh, fucking backwoods. Dipshits in West Virginia would know that. <laughs> so Jesco goes to jail, obviously, uh, and he's sitting in jail with a guy, and they got some lighter fluid, somehow got contraband into the jail, so they're huffing lighter fluid, and uh, the guy's like, I'm going to give you a tattoo. And so on his, I think it's on his right hand, he attempted to give Jesco a swastika, uh, <laughs> but he was too fucked up, and it just ends up being too diamonds like interlocking <laughs> diamonds so it's like the worst and jesco d- is not an educated man by any stretch and so he gets to the set tom arnold sees this like attempt at a swastika and he's like oh you know uh you're jewish right like that's kind of fucked up and he's just like he's like well you know i, I just recently became aware of uh, the meaning uh you know i was told it was some sort of uh german philosophy but then they explained to me who the not nazis were and how they burned people in ovens and buried them under in trenches and it, i reckon i should probably get it covered up i just haven't had the money and tom <laughs> arnold is like hey i get i know a guy i'll just so the movie is like he's on roseanne they obviously covered up with makeup and then he goes and tom arnold pays to have him like get it covered up and he still got it obviously on his hand it's a uh like a, bu- a bouquet of roses and it's three roses and he's like these are my three roses one for me one for uh, roseanne and one for tom arnold <laughs> <laughs> Best fucking tattoo ever. It's awesome. That's the yeah. one you really want to get asked about. The tattoo. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. yeah. For me, you know, it's covering up a, it's covering up a swastika because yes. I didn't know what the Nazis were. Because Tom Arnold explained it to me. Because and- a fucking lacquerhead in the jail fucking gave it to me. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh, I should clarify. A second ago, you said uh, something, and I was like, you should check out the podcast. I thought you were talking about. Um, Monica and Luke's podcast instead of the second installment. In the- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. if anybody heard that, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, what did I watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, check out The Shining Obviously. if you've never seen it. If you it. haven't seen it, you know, it's yeah. why, you know, what are you doing? And then uh, Silence of the Lambs. Is it a horror movie? 
I think it's. Uh, I don't know it'd be a horror movie as much as a. Uh, I a, guess a psychological th- a thriller. thriller. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the consensus I've come to, and it's sad because uh, it's really the only horror movie in recent memory that's won Best Picture. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, but I mean, you know, it definitely deserves it. it uh, I, I say psychological thriller. I don't know what else to call it. I know uh, uh, Andy Sell. He hates that term. I think. Yeah, like he's a very. Yeah. He's like a horror purist. Sure. Um, but I mean, I don't really know what else you'd call it. I, the thing I like about it is that the horror aspects of it are few and far between. So yeah. it really leads you in. And so when you do see something like, you know, when he's in the, he's in the cage in the library and he fucking has the cop all done up as like an angel and it shit. Re- it's really jarring. Oh, it's, it's great. so great. God damn. Yeah. That's, that's another one very similar to the shining and departed all the movies we mentioned. If I see it, it on. and it's on, it's, it's, on HBO, it, it's always on like either Hulu or, or, uh, Netflix or HBO. Just it's like, all right, I'll pop that on. It's a great, a great thing to have in the, have in the background. If you're, uh, if you're like me and collect Criterion, I have the Criterion Blu-ray of it, Ooh, which is great. No shit. Yeah. It got a Criterion release or re-release on Criterion this year. Yeah. So it's got a lot of cool shit with it. Yeah. Those are made. You buy those for the boxes and the booklets and the special features mainly. Yeah. But, I absolutely. Mean, the restoration looks good if you're into that. Um, that's what I watched it on. But, yeah. Uh, Ted, Ted Levine, one of the best, uh, one of the best uh, horror horror villains ever. Uh, yes, Buff- Buffalo Bill. Oh, absolutely, like it's just so realistic too. Um, <laughs> when he turns up in the uh, another another movie, I can put on whatever Heat. Mm-hmm. When he turns up like two years later in Heat, I'm just like, you can't be anyone you're now. You're not anybody. You're, you're, Buffalo, you're, Bill. you're Buffalo Bill forever. Sorry, <laughs> but man, he really uh, he really fucking turned it up for this one. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's uh that that's got to be. That's, I mean, it's definitely that's an all-timer. Definitely his, yeah. I think that's his. That's definitely his all, all-time uh, uh, performance. That's what he's known for forever, <laughs> for sure. But uh, it's just so realistic. Like you know, like this is a movie. Like even still, like when you watch it, certain things will like give you like a, just an unsettling feeling. Yeah. Like especially when you first see his like dungeon and like just when it's the camera's kind of just going through his house and that weird. I don't even know what fucking music that is. It's some weird song. It sounds like it's on loop or something. I don't know. It's like some like uh, 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 what is that shit? Like my bloody Valentine. Oh wait, are you talking about Goodbye Horses? No, no, not that. Oh, oh it's just okay. Some song playing the first time it goes to his house. It sounds like a shoegaze. Song oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, sure. But yeah, Goodbye Horses. You know, like that's that song. <laughs> that song's, forever that song's ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I think it's a great song. Uh, it's but, not that it's ruined. It's like there is no other association. Yeah, than, that's than a you UC of. tucked. Tucked penises. Tucked penis right yeah. there, you know. You <laughs> That's know. what that song means now. Yeah, and like, you know what it means? You know, uh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck I'd, me so hard. Oh, <laughs> such a good line. Yeah, fuck me. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. Fuck me so fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, yeah, I can do that voice forever. It's, uh, yeah, it's, God, it's fantastic. It's just, it's just <laughs> a really realistic movie. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to say, really. I mean, if you haven't seen it, yeah, go go check out Lambs, bro. I can talk. That was, <laughs> I think that was my comment when you asked if uh, if anyone wanted to come on and talk about horror movies. I said I can talk Lambs, bro. Yeah, let me talk Lambs, bro. <laughs> uh, that one's a good one. Uh, but I mean, you know, like even the movies associated with Hannibal Lecter, like not as good. That's definitely the best one. But like you know, they're they're decent. Like Manhunter. Uh, Manhunter's really good. That's Michael Mann who that's directed Michael Mann. E. Yep. Uh, uh, you got Hannibal, Ridley Scott directed that, which is, you know, it's fun. Ridley Scott did Hannibal. I've never mm-hmm. seen Hannibal or Red it's Dragon. Decent. Yeah, Red I, Dragon's 
the second best one. Okay, I, I haven't seen either. You got uh, Ed Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Okay, who's one of the best actors ever? Sure, uh, sure. He's really good. Both in those that. guys, yeah. Pop he's just a in. skeezy journalist in yeah. this one, and he's just he just say he, he writes for uh, the National Enquirer. And, oh, okay. So he's like a National Enquirer dude, like a TMZ piece of shit. Gotcha. And, like, you just no sympathy for him. Yeah. Uh, Ed Norton, uh, you know. Yep. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, obviously, it's a bunch of good people. Okay. Uh, what's the lady that uh, was from Weeds? The main lady. Oh. Uh, uh, I don't know, but no she's idea. Edward Her. Norton's life. There's a lot of people in it that are good. Uh, but yeah, like I, I just like I've always been a fan of the Hannibal Lecter universe. Kind of, I saw Red Dragon in theaters. Uh, pretty sure, like the, the creepiest theater going experience ever. I was like probably like twelve when that came out, twelve or thirteen. Uh-huh. And it was me and my friend. Uh, and uh, we had to get our my mom to buy the ticket that we would go in. You know the way you had used to have to do it when you were underage. Yeah, and um. Just some creepy ass dude in the far corner the whole time making noises the whole time. Oh, jeez! Red Dragon, fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a uh, a ride almost. <laughs> like, uh, virtual experience. The last time I went to the movie, I saw that uh, really horrible Mark Wahlberg movie that just that came out oh, uh, God, like yeah. twenty twenty two miles or t- mile twenty two or something. Yeah, he was really pushing that one on. If you don't follow Mark Wahlberg on Instagram, by the way, <laughs> fucking you're missing out. That movie is uh, awful, but. The funniest thing was there was I saw it at this place called AMC Dine-In that they have in, in LA. I'm sure they have them out here too. They got one in uh, Atlanta actually, where they've got a like you can order food. Yeah, I saw Jurassic Park in 3D and we ordered quesadillas. <laughs> oh, oh, here. actual Jurassic Park, not. Oh not, yeah, yeah, no, not, not Fallen Kingdom. No, like they did a re-release recently. In, yeah, uh, yeah. I was in Atlanta to see Bill Burr actually. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, nice. I'll say recently, like five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was and, 2013. Uh, yeah, for, went to see 20th. Bill Burr. And yeah, they did the re-release, and we went to the uh, old dining AMC. He's yeah, Buckhead. But I was I was there uh, watching this movie about two weeks ago, and there was a man in there. It was just me and one other person. <laughs> Neither of us had anyone with us. It was just me and one other person, and the one other guy fell asleep and was snoring so fucking uh. loud. And I'm on, snores I'm, on, I'm on the other side of the goddamn... There's no one there to knock him awake. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have anyone with him. He's like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. I need to see this fucking Wahlberg movie. Actually, I saw Black Klansman, and I don't oh, know... Oh, is that what was playing when that well, was going on? Well, no. I saw the Mark Wahlberg movie when that guy fell asleep, but then I saw Black Klansman, and I don't know what this means So uh, you know, socially. There were two couples sitting on either side of me, uh, and they were both uh, white men with their uh, African-American girlfriends. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, some like woke white guys. Yeah. They both fell asleep. <laughs> like, they both, like, their girlfriends kept having to wake Perfect. them up, and I was like, what does this mean? Just not a Spike Lee fan. What the fuck does this <laughs> say about what we got going on in society right well, now? I don't know. Also, like, that, I haven't seen Black Klansman yet, that, which is, it sucks, because, you know, that was one of the ones I wanted to see. It's good. I liked it. I canceled Movie Pass, so since that happened, it's oh, I'm on the AMC. Uh, I'm on the Sub Club now. So is it worth it? I'm, Fuck yeah, it's dude, worth I'm it, dude. Because you get IMAX. I Ooh, saw. Yeah, it I'm comes. Moving. It comes with the IMAX upgrade free. And uh, me and Luke Jensen, uh, comedian Luke Jensen, we went and saw uh, Predator, the Predator. Oh, I heard it was awful. Oh, I loved it. I, I like Shane Black. I was upset <laughs> to hear so many bad things. Well, no, about I saw it in IMAX. Like it's one of those movies. Like if you didn't see it in IMAX, then you no know, need to watch them. It's and again, I have. I shamelessly love if a movie is and this is we, we can we can tie this in a bow right here uh the problem with see no evil is that it's stupid but it's boring yeah stupid and fun i'm 
all oh, for it. Yeah, and if Shane it, Black, if he's going to do anything, if it's a shitty yeah. movie, he's at least going to make it fun. It was, I, I was never, there was plenty of times where I was like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. That was a stupid line. That was corny, whatever. I never felt bored. Yeah. You know, there That's kind of like the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. Very yeah. fucking stupid, but fun. They're fun. Yeah. So I'll say that about uh, The Predator. Everybody who was shitting on it, I'm like, you guys were... Did, were you, maybe I'm just... I, there's a very good chance that I'm a dummy who's easily entertained because I'm amazed just that any movie ever gets made anyway because yeah. movies are so hard to get made. But then when you see something like, uh, you know, like it was kind of classic. It was a hard R classic uh like late 80s early 90s lots of decapitations lots of blood just like well that's what classically violent it's a predator movie like the the first predator is not great it's, i love that movie though like i mean yeah it's it's yeah. great but not it's stupid it's very dumb but it's fun like yeah. shane black in that movie is like yeah, yeah. one of the funniest fucking people ever. oh for sure so that's, you got that guy directing a new one yeah, like, that that movie the one and I, I forgot where somebody pointed this out to me that the first predator the, the only like big misstep with that movie is including the first scene where you see a spaceship crashing on Earth. Yeah. Somebody was saying, like, that movie, they should have done it, like, from Dust Till Dawn, where you think it's a commando ripoff, and then all of a sudden there's aliens. Yeah. Like, much more. That would much cooler. Like, from Dust Till Dawn, I'm obsessed with making a movie like this myself. Like, I've got I've got an idea in the in the tank uh, uh, at the moment of something I've always wanted to write. Uh, but I, I love the thing with, like, from Dust Till Dawn, where it's an amazing bank heist movie for two thirds of it. And then suddenly there's vampires. vampires and you're like, what the, no what? Way. Yeah. So, uh, Quentin Tarantino is a weird pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Gor- his deal is. Yeah. Yeah. The gecko, the gecko bros. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it, I think the predator could have easily been because aesthetically it looks very similar to commando. I mean, there's yes. even like a scene where Carl Weathers and uh, it's, you know, famously been memed to death, but where Carl Weathers and, uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger the like handshake. slap hands and they both flex their biceps. Yeah. Just shit like that. Where That's you're like, the handshake. It's like, of, it's it's almost like eighties movies reflecting upon their own themselves, you know. Where yeah. it's like, oh, this is like a stupid action movie, and then it turns into like the movie you came here to see. Um, well, I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying, the Predator is a Shane Black movie. Yeah, it's, like, it, yeah, I would say yeah. It's which a, he's made some that are like good movies. Oh, like I love Nice Guys. The Nice Guys was awesome. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep, I like. but he he can he can do both. Yeah, Last sure. Action Hero is one of my favorite movies. Oh, which he didn't direct, hey, but he wrote best best line ever. Hey, Claudius. Not to be. Yes, dude. The Hamlet fucking uh, the hey, action version hey, of Hamlet. Hey, what does he say? Hey, Claudius, you killed my father. Yeah, he's like a not not a good idea or something. Not a good idea to be or not to be, and he shoots a not to be. Yo, this one he's just like he's got that. He's got the cigar. He's like to be or not to be. Not to be. And yeah, an explosion the, in his back. Fuck me, it's and it so blows funny. the castle up. So funny. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, hey Claudius, you killed my brother. And then like. Bad idea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, go see Lambs. Go see Shining. He says something too in that that's really funny. He's like, uh, talking about like he's like, spare me, fair prince. He's like, who says I'm fair? <laughs> <laughs> Shit is so good. Oh man, that movie, man, just perfect. I- yeah, I watched it maybe six, seven years ago. It's so good. And yeah, it I- was. I you, actually movie. I I remember seeing that in the theater. Uh, it's the only time I think in my entire life I've ever been the only person in a movie theater. Really? 
it was me and my cousins, Duncan and Kenneth, and we were probably, when did that movie come out? Like 93? 93. So we would have been six, seven, something like that. And we're sitting there and there ain't nobody in there. So we just start playing like hide and seek and tag and shit. We're just running around. It was the funnest thing, but I didn't pay any attention <laughs> to the movie. I was just having a good time running around Turns the theater. And like so good. And then, you know, when I was uh, in college, yeah, we, we, we busted it out and watched it one time. We used to do, uh, we used to have man day, which was football and then bad movies all day. And, <laughs> and there was, it was funny cause there was, you know, we, we set it up front. We're like, yeah, this is, uh, this is man day. Everyone's welcome to come, but, uh, you might not have a good time. And yeah, then we just, ended up, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, had a lot of girlfriends and and uh, uh, female friends hanging out at Manday, so it was yeah. it was everybody. I don't want it to seem uh, to seem like we were being sexist. It was like, oh yeah, sure. It was more <laughs> it was more just like you probably won't enjoy this. Like, well, you went to Auburn. Auburn's the way uh, other side of what Alabama is. Yeah, sure. You know, like uh, as far as uh, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's more liberal. Yeah, uh, it's like all right, you know, yeah. The ladies will come for the football, but you don't necessarily want to stay for uh, the seventh time we've watched Commando and yeah, you probably and, are and Die Hard, like but. You know, it was always a good time. But yet, one more thing about Last Action Hero is one of my favorite parts of that movie, too, is the the villain. It's when they actually are in the real world, and they're at the premiere of Jack Slater 4. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's just like, they think it's the actor dressed up, but it's really the villain. He's just like, so what bring, you know, like, uh, what what are your plans for tonight? He's like, I don't know, I thought I might kill somebody. And just walks away. <laughs> like, Ooh, spooky. <laughs> But yeah, man, that was uh, that's that's this episode. We got a good one in the can, I think, for this one. What do you? Yeah, man. But yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Thanks for, for doing it. it, man. Do you want to plug your Twitter one more time? Oh yeah, yeah, one more time. If you've somehow made it this far, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Rivers Langley. You can check out my podcast. It's called The Goods from the Woods. Uh, if you want an episode to go listen to, uh, suggest uh, Truckin' with Nick Thomas or Fall Brawl '93 with Nick Thomas. We might actually. Uh, think about doing this uh, when, because I believe uh, uh, Mr. Goodnight's going to be down in the South around Christmas time. We actually have gotten a couple of people on Twitter being like, "Hey, when are you going to do another bad uh, pay per view?" So we might, we oh, might yeah, have to, we might have to, uh, 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 I might have to borrow your setup here for an episode. Yeah, absolutely, up. man. We can we'll do have that. you back on soon. Um, but uh, yeah, you can check out the goods from the woods. You can also check if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, you can check out uh, the Brian Kendricks Wrestling Pro Wrestling. Uh, Brian Kendrick is the uh, uh, former cruiserweight champion and uh, mad genius uh and he has a insane uh independent wrestling league and it's funny because he's signed exclusively with wwe so he can't appear on screen in his own league but (laughs) but he has he's but he's like the vince mcmahon except he's not i mean he's uh good insane you know he seems like a cool ass dude because i've seen some of what he does over there so crazy brian kendrick is uh he's a bad guy on tv but is one of the sweetest people i've ever met he seems like he is is. he's got a good thing he's the most positive dude I've he I've literally never heard him turn down an idea. Like people will come to him and they're just like, "All right, I've got." Like for instance, this is the most recent one I heard and I loved it. This guy, uh, um, Royce Isaacs, uh, who's a local uh, wrestler down in. Um, Southern California, he wrestles in WPW as Mr. Burbank. Uh, <laughs> and we, of course, come live from Burbank, so he's meant to be like the town hero and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, so Royce Isaacs came up with this idea where, and I heard him pitch it to Brian, where he's like, all right, I got this idea. It's, uh, his name's Tap Out Tony. And he comes to the ring, and he's he's like uh, he looks like Taz, like he's got like a towel around his neck, fight shorts, <laughs> the fucking the eight ounce gloves. Like yeah. he looks like his gimmick is that he's going to be an MMA fighter. And, uh, and then he gets to the ring and then he's, he points up and a spotlight hits him and he holds out his right hand and someone hands him a, a hat and he holds out his left hand and someone hands him a cane and then he starts tap dancing. Uh, 
and that's tap out Tony. And then I was just like off to the side. I immediately said, I was like, and his finisher is the Razamataz mission. And everybody started laughing and Brian, because he is, he is the most like, you know, yes. And positive dude. He's just like, Fuck yeah! All right, I don't know when, but we're de- we're doing yeah, that. Do we're doing that. That's I'm, badass. He's like, we have too many characters, but we're gonna kill some people off. We'll do that. It's good um, to know that WWE hasn't spoiled the guy. No, no, he he's a uh, yeah. He he's just a he's a great dude to work for, and uh, the the product is ridiculous. I always tell people it's uh, it is a. I mean, it's a wrestling-themed comedy show. Really. Well, yeah, I mean, like that's so, exactly something I would like. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of quality independent pro wrestling. We have guys like Tyler Bateman, who I know you know. Uh, yeah, I'm you, 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 you come up in, in conversations uh, with uh, with Mr. Bateman a lot. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, he always uh, lightly shits on you, and it's awesome. The oh first, yeah, yeah, of course. The first time I ever <laughs> met him, I was like, hey, we actually have a mutual friend. He's like, oh yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, my buddy Nick Thomas. He's like, oh, you know Nick. I was like, yeah, we've been friends for a while. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, but <laughs> that dude, I, I'm call, I'm calling it right now is gonna be huge. Yeah, he's like, already like he's he, over as fuck. He's over. He's had several NXT tryouts. He's been working for New Japan. He's a guy that he's uh, he's, he's going places. Sky's the sure. limit. He's got a unique look. He looks like Bill the Butcher. He's got yeah, like a curly cue mustache. These very long, gangly arms and kind of like fights in like a turn of the century pugilism yeah. style, sort of like the vaudevillains, but not stupid. Uh, yeah, like he's actually well, scary. Enjoy it. Yeah, and he. uh He's just very, uh, he's very, he's a very funny guy. Funny he, guy, uh, but subdued, very chill. Like, yeah. like he's, he's Humble. chill, he's chill funny. And also I saw him and uh, Ty Matthews, uh, they, there's a show out there hosted by my buddy uh, Jason Wayne Christian who portrays uh, the great Branzino who is the uh, dwarf uh, wizard wrestler uh, which is just him on his knees and he has fake feet on his knees That's and awesome. it is unsettling uh, <laughs> but anyway Jason Wayne runs the thing called Jack Comedy Wrestling and uh, it's like a you know if if, uh, if wrestling pro wrestling is a comedy themed wrestling show this is a wrestling themed comedy show and so he does it out of theater there's no ring or anything like that it's it's, uh, it's actually the black box where they used to do power violence at. Oh, okay. And uh, so it's a little black box theater on uh, uh, Santa Monica in LA. And uh, he had Bateman and Ty Matthews do a five-minute wrist lock where they are just explaining what wrestling is <laughs> as they're fighting. in the. F- it's one of those things like, if Tyler Bateman becomes as big as he should be, yes, it's going to be some shit I can like sit on a porch and tell my grandkids is like I saw that fucking guy do the funniest comedy bit, funnier than ninety nine percent of comedians, where him and another wrestler have each other in a wrist lock, and he's just like, okay, so if I pull your wrist down, it's going to hurt more, right? <laughs> and he just like pulls his wrist, he's like, ah, he's like, yeah, that's his exact it, brand of humor. So I would say too, funny. Yeah, he's just a solid dude. Uh, I, I yeah. definitely see him if he keeps like doing these NXT tryouts. He will be in. NXT. Yeah, well, he's working. He's working for New Japan at the moment. And we've really? Got, oh yeah, yeah. He, we shit. saw him at the pyramid. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's he's part of their. Uh, he's he's a young boy. He's one of their like ring ring people. Like when okay. you when you first break into New Japan, they make you set up the rings, do all that shit. But he's in their system. He's so he's, he's gonna. He's he'll gonna have a match his. within six months probably out there. He's uh he's great. We've got uh, guys like him, guys like uh uh, uh Hobo. AK 
aka Robert Baines, uh, who wrestles for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. He's there all the time. Uh, Big Nasty Eric Watts, who is uh, also uh, a sweet man who looks like a fucking horrifying monster. <laughs> a lot of those in the wrestling <laughs> man, business. Man, it's you know, it's funny because I've I've dipped my my toe into both worlds, wrestling and comedy. No, and it's great. It's like there are a lot of similarities, uh, but the difference is like I have yet to meet a wrestler who's just a straight up douchebag. Like they're yeah. all the most like kind of humble people. They're like you know, it, it's a custom in wrestling when you when you arrive, you have to walk around the locker room, shake hands with everybody, stuff like that. And it's just like I've I've yet to encounter any real like negativity there. I'm sure it exists, but not not that I've seen. So anyway, all that is to say every month, uh, me and my co-host are the goods from the woods, Pat Riley, uh, do commentary uh, for Wrestling Pro Wrestling, and that's uh, twitch.tv slash wrestling pro wrestling, youtube.com slash wrestling pro wrestling, and uh, all that good stuff. And if you're ever in Burbank, uh, come see us. The next event is on the 25th of October, and it is called creepy crawlers and beefy brawlers. And it is our Brian, Brian Kendrick is obsessed with like early to mid nineties WCW. So we've done a lot of like, kind of like fun, fun like <laughs> tributes to. And so this is our like Halloween havoc essentially. Oh, fuck yeah, man. And at some point the big plan for Kendrick, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I don't care. Uh, it's going to be, uh, he was, we were trying to think of like a way to do hell in a cell. And we can't afford a cell because that's crazy. So we're going to do heck on a deck. <laughs> and it's just going to be a bunch of lawn chairs and like just that's like gonna be fucking plastic tables and umbrellas and just like shit that's on a deck. And Fuck yeah. Yeah, heck on a deck. So we do a lot of dumb stuff. Check us out. It's like oh, that goes hand in the, hand. Uh, the last thing I'll mention, the last show, uh, fucking uh, current WWE uh, women's champion, Becky Lynch, was there. Really? So you can actually see her. If you look at our most recent show, uh, and that show was called uh, Out of the Fire and Into the Frying Pan, uh, <laughs> you can see Becky Lynch uh, on the uh, left-hand side of hard cam. You can't miss her. She's got the bright red hair. Yeah. Losing her fucking mind. Fuck yeah, And man. she was, Got a big crush on her. She was loving it. And the thing that sucks, I didn't notice that she was in the crowd. I only heard this later uh, because there was a woman sitting two seats over from her that looked exactly like comedian Lisa Best. Yeah. Who Lisa Best is an amazing comedian. She's one of my favorites to watch, but is I was like, I didn't know Lisa was a wrestling fan. And I was yeah. just, I kept staring at her. And then at the end of the show, I walked up to her. I was like, hey, how are you? And she was just kind of and then I realized like I was like, that's oh, not that's her. not her. <laughs> so I failed to mention the, you know, the bright red hair of Becky Lynch. So I got to go back and watch it. And she is losing her mind. She yeah. loved it. So she showed up. Uh, it was Becky Lynch, uh, Katie Burchill, a uh, former uh, uh, WWE superstar, and also uh, Nigel McGuinness. Fuck yeah, man. All showed up to, to Kendrick's show. So I was really, really proud of that, and everybody loved it. And so, uh, but yeah, I do announcing for that. So check yeah, out it's, Wrestling Pro Wrestling. it's like a dream job for you and Pat. Like, it's just perfect. It's great. Well, especially because Pat is uh, such a deep fan and knows all of those moves. This is and, like, yeah, this is like a... Yeah. a and and I'm a, I, I would say I'm a deep fan too, but I'm not. Uh, I don't know anything about actual fighting, and I don't. I know probably fifty percent of what Pat knows as far as moves go. So it's like Pat can you know be there and you know. he's the play by play, and I just get to be an asshole, and it's so fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So check that out. Well, yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. I have to have you back on. Thank you for having me. I have one question. Yeah. What's that? Okay. So table for one. Is it table for one, comma dumb boy, or is it table no, for one dumb boy? Just one dumb boy. Okay. So. Got it. All yeah. right. You've answered my punctuation question. I hope I answered a lot of y'all's questions. Tune in next week. Bye.